Previously on Horror of the Orient Express. Uh, it's 1922. It's the day Christmas Eve. Christmas. We pulled the tree down. Then we put it up. <laughs> then they burnt a desk. <laughs> and we shouted into a vent. We decided to go to the Old Bailey to investigate the ringing bell of nine o'clock. Uh, we found the bell in a office which we burnt. Well, we found a bell. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I doubt it's the bell. The bell hasn't been touched or used in a very long time. But um, it, it's the bell of that, that is spoken of from yeah. when the prison was used. Yes, the, the executioner's bell when they used to take um, condemned prisoners back to the prison through a tunnel that's now been filled up, but we're about to go and investigate a um, side tunnel that's, uh, that has been discovered in that tunnel. We and have made this... a friend in Bob. Yes, uh, and we have discovered a series of vents that seem to be uh, transporting <laughs> sounds from upstairs to very echoey sounds downstairs, which is where my current thinking is leading. But nothing particularly unusual or crazy found yet. Just, uh, just, uh, yeah. just a couple of creepy old tunnels, really. So we'll... Some skitterings and screechings that weren't quite rats, we were told. <laughs> Recap. We, we went to the... Wait a minute, did we... Where did we, we Westminster and... We were just about to investigate oh, yeah. the tunnels, so we were still in the... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. We yes. were. Thing. Yeah. Um, so, anyway... So yes, we in the end we discovered that the mystery of the uh, old Bailey was nothing more than some nearby church bells ringing for mass every nine o'clock that had hadn't been around before the previous uh, fifty years or so when when about those rumours started. Um, the sound was coming in from some air vents, it was, made echoey and so creepy. It was all very straightforward. Um, so uh, we did some Christmassy things after that, I think. Exchange Christmas. Yes. yes. The Beefsteak Club. Beefsteak Club. Steak Club. Yeah. Beef and Liberty. Beef and Liberty. <laughs> Beef and Liberty. That is the title mm, yeah. of this podcast, mm. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, we went to um, Westminster Cathedral to debunk four yeah, uh, things we were given. Uh, two of them were... Three quite... of them were rubbish. Well, yeah. two of them were simple optical illusions, which is enough to work yeah. out. The third one we couldn't answer. The third one we didn't see, so we yeah. couldn't investigate. And then I the lost my mind one. with the fourth one, so someone else can explain. The fourth the one. ghost! Yeah. Uh, we saw an apparition appear in the cloisters. Uh, this frostly, ghostly monk. figure of the monk. Um, it sent James insane. It put frost all over. Uh, I stuck my arm in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it put frost all over um, Reginald. Reginald's uh, hand when he touched yeah. it. But he managed to translate a prayer it was speaking. Yes, the prayer was: "I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, Maker in heaven and earth of all things visible and invisible. Hold back that which is skinless. Hold back that which is the outside. In the name of the Son, <coughs> in the name of the Father, in the name of the Spirit, Holy." Keep them locked in. Keep them locked in. We also... Yep, go on. Then I took a photograph of it just as it was saying, no, you ma, and disappeared. And that might have killed it, maybe. I don't know. To be more precise, it said, no, you ma, just as it was fading out after it had been flashed. It looked like a flash. Did you literally steal a ghost soul with a camera? Yeah, maybe maybe so. (laughs) We have a weapon. We'll find, out soon. we'll find out soon. Beef and liberty. Beef and liberty. First thing, the professor, upon hearing 
about the uh, skinless cult, and uh, because uh, we'd been barred access to the um, to the British Library just for mentioning it, um, locked himself in his room, refusing to come out for seemingly several hours until I decided to investigate and found out that uh, he wasn't actually in there at all and it slipped out the window. Um, so we decided to have a look around Westminster Abbey to see whether he'd gone that way. Um, he and he They hadn't... called Inspector Barrington to help. Yep. Oh, yeah. So he, he hadn't gone that way, uh, and so we wandered around a bit until eventually we ran into Beddoes, who um, said that he had returned since, and he was doing some sort of preparations... Um, this is when he handed us a letter that, uh, or a diary entry that the professor had from ni- 1893, from his time in Constantinople, when he first met the skinless cult and this uh, blood-red fez. And so it gave us an idea of just what kind of danger we could have been. But we met up with him at the Westminster Abbey, where he suggested that the apparition we saw the previous night was some kind of protection guard against the uh, skinless cult and it was actually performing a ritual which we interrupted so he suggested that we go and perform it so humouring him we did that Um, (laughs) and uh, he afterwards tried to make out that it was all just a big prank that he was playing on on us to see if he could get us to do this ritual but uh, I saw through that and uh, no, he did actually think that something more was going on, but he just wasn't sure what, uh, what it is. Um, and so we went back. Meanwhile, while all that was happening, um, the other party were visiting... Where, where did you go first? Uh, uh, the, Victoria, cathedral. The, the cathedral. The cathedral. And a, um, a clue there led you towards... The Greenwich Tunnel. The Greenwich Tunnels, uh, in which this happened. Professor, yes. you remember Brother Theodore from yes. the Archivist? We believe he's dead. Or dead? Or worse, or who knows? Worse. We, um, had, we went to the oh, oh cathedral. Yes, the professor is back. Yeah. We went to the cathedral, and Brother Theodore wasn't there. He like had we left all notes. Gone yes. to the... Greenwich Foot Tunnel. So, obviously, we got a cab and there. And we knew there were rumours there already. So yeah, so we, we, we broke we in. We, yes, we opened up the... No, we, the door was no, unlocked. It was, lo- it was unlocked. unlocked, obviously. So unlocked. Just to quiet you both down a minute. No, no, there's no time to quiet, Professor. Shut I'm up, James. to go with you broke in. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do, yes. We, we got to the... The great. Uh, there's the a great in the middle, like the bottom of the, the, the tunnel. Flood overflow. One at a time. And no, we both so stalked. We 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 saw lights down there, so we thought, oh, that's where uh, Brother Theodore must have been. So down we went. Into the great. Yes. Um, Brother Theodore was there, and we went to call out to him. We went. Sh- um, I was trying to get closer, and as I did, he he screamed and then just disappeared. No, no, didn't just disappear. Oh, no. It was like something literally grabbed onto the back of him but there's definitely and a pulled scream. him backwards, yes. and he was gone. Chug chug. <laughs> there, there was yeah, there was a clung, and um, the grate above had been sealed. Yes, not just not just sealed. put back. You, you couldn't move it. You couldn't move it at all. We eventually managed to get past the first of those. Big flood gate well, things. This is the thing. One what? way was a blank wall, and the other way was a flood gate. 
um, which was set to 50 uh, PSI. Yeah, so we had to take it down from 50 and then pushed on it. it the point opened. is, if there was something that and grabbed the brother there, it wouldn't have been able to move it as it was, even. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, beef and freedom, or whatever it was. Um, beef, beef and liberty. liberty! Beef and liberty, yes. Recap! Recap. Chow has abandoned us. We must now have 30 seconds of Chow scorning time. Score! Right, where did we start? We woke up after woke the up event. Yeah. yeah, so first of all, we went to investigate the hotel, as planned. Um, ah, you forgot a very important You forgot father, um, brother, brother, brother Theodore, Theodore, the supposed Theodore. mangled, died uh, the previous night, reappeared at the front door to Reggie. Who double-taked in horror before inviting him in for tea, because that's the kind of guy Reggie is. Yes. <laughs> Um, he came bearing news about the prayer that we gave him. Yes, the news we heard is that it was originally from a tribe known as something along the lines of the Huvatavasavis, who are now extinct. They were Croatian slash Slavic. Uh, probably some disease or tragedy or some such that took them out in 1787. There's some link to Femalic. Which is involved. We and don't that's know what that is. related to France in some way, but we don't know what that actually is. Ruth remembers hearing the word more than anybody else. Exactly, yes. Um, once we had that conversation, we decided to go to... The hotel! Langham Hotel! Langham Hotel, to where... room 333, where every time somebody checks in, they have trouble sleeping because there's humming, there's buzzing, there's lights flickering... Uh, within about two, two minutes, minutes we found it. yeah we debunked it as faulty electrical wiring in the floor. We then went on to the much less debunkable graveyard, oh, God, the Highgate Cemetery. Yeah. So uh, the rumor that we were trying to debunk was uh, those who walk past the cemetery tend to see this shadow with red glowing eyes following them, but every time somebody's inside the graveyard, they don't see it at all. We saw it. Outside? Outside. When someone walked on their own? Yes. Um, Ruth, whilst inside, while someone else was watching it from outside, her, she pulled out her gun and it snapped in half. And some of the photos that I took of the supposed creature, which I couldn't see, also broke. Yes, it was odd. Uh, um, Ruth and... Uh, how old we're standing inside the graveyard parallel to Reginald on the outside Reggie could see this shadowy beast with red eyes practically standing on top of them and yet they couldn't see a thing mm. um, deciding to run away we thought oh let's run to the gate but somehow we ended up in the centre of the cemetery with the three mausoleums at which point Reggie ran back to the other two at the gate and dragged them in as well on a rescue mission and what a rescue mission it was. Yes. 
We couldn't get out of the cemetery. Every time we tried to, we ended up back where we were. So we investigated each mausoleum. The first two were fairly boring. The third one was very interesting. There was a pentagram in the basement with a pedestal with a book called The Hydra's People and a list of six names. It was five bodies. And there were five skeletons without any heads. There was some weird liquid cannabis stuff. Yep. Uh, as soon as we touched the book, uh, this beast appeared in the room and started to attack us. And the lights went out, but Reggie managed to blast it in the face and... Double barrel shotgun, double win. Set it free. Set it free. It drops a dog whistle, which he's now wearing around his neck, because now he's its master for some oh, reason. Not master, I but have a promise from it. Ah. It owes him a favour. Ah, because it freed him. Uh, but as yeah, soon as it'll eat anything that we want it to, which yeah. is great. We should think of some hilarious things that we Hydras! We should have asked yeah. it to eat Hydras! Because... Maybe I should have asked it to eat the world. Ha, ah, no. Because then the Hydra god appeared and started chasing us out of the mausoleum. It was a sort of strange five-voiced cloud of incandescent purple and green gas that was chasing them. And uh, there were various hijinks. Uh, Harold fell over and dropped the professor who was unconscious. <laughs> Uh, then I Reginald grabbed the professor and abandoned Howard. Howard caught up. Uh, Reggie, uh, Lester fell behind. Lester fell behind again. <laughs> Lester was almost eaten by the thing. The party got outside, and there was a big stone that rolled over to cover the entrance to this place. And as he ran out, Howard pulled out the makeshift stock doorstop they'd made. Hey, hey, just point out. It did start rolling closed, just like I predicted. Yeah, it did start to roll closed. Uh, but thankfully, um, Indiana Lester, Jones styles. Indiana rolled through the closing door to safety. A one. <laughs> but only after he'd failed it the first time and pushed the roll. <laughs> a re-roll. For a, I don't want to die! And then, after he rolled out, the professor locked it. Yes. And then the good guys walked off into the sunset without looking Sunrise. Sunrise. Sunrise, yes. <laughs> but, well, you know. Yeah, they're going to go home and have another quiet day, probably. I think this sounds like wisdom. And replace my rifle. Yes, yeah. this rifle sadly got eaten. But you, you could can... probably have a look through um, Reggie's collection. Previously on Horror on the Orient Express. Okay, so just to start off the recap, I think we should say... Okay, so we went over to the... What was it? What was the name of the place? The Paradise Gardens in Lambeth. The Paradise Gardens in Lambeth. And Which one? Paradisical. Uh, some strange things happened here, which were described to the professor later, like this. Oh, you're back! Oh, God! Where have you been? Uh, um, underneath Lambeth Park. Oh, God, did you find anything? Uh, I think you can smell what we found. Uh, Sewage there, and then nothing else. A lot of gases saying, oh. we're not sh- what is it? Uh, better just run some baths, but unfortunately... Lester? Lester is most in need at first. Use the shower off my room. Uh, we'll do, um... Well, anyone? Well, we, uh... The, f- the fountain itself was quite interesting. We found a plaque on there describing the, um... Talking about the old Lambert Marsh, the common well, land there. Yes. Well, most of Lambeth was, Lambeth was marshland until like the um, 19th century. And they said the, the well was built... The fountain, sorry, was built of the old well and we found a room... Where the others seem to experience some sorts of... I don't know. don't know how they'd have to let them I, explain it, it to you. It was a thing of being watched and a bit of a chill, but... Personally, I think it's nothing more than power suggestion, but... We did investigate underneath and found what appears to be machinery 
that's drew water from the well for all the fountains. That's where yeah. it seemed to build up of gases. Uh, poor oh. Lester here got overwhelmed and fell in. Good dear. Yeah. 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 I think we found a pocket of bad gas. Mm. And if that's coming up through the fountains, that could explain un- uneasiness no, and yes. such like. Combined with rumours. Still, I think it's fair to say that currently results are inconclusive on this place. We did have to curtail our investigations. Well, maybe it's worth us going back another day and investigating a bit further, but Possibly. it sounds like there's a pocket of natural gas in the well, then that would explain... Hmm. Well, maybe we should take along ourselves next time, Professor. Hmm. There's something else going on there. Well, we can definitely go back and have a look. We've got several days until our little holiday is over with. Perhaps uh, take a gas mask or two next time. Reginald, what were you saying about your dream? Hmm. Oh, a dream? Well, perhaps you were over... What What happened? Come, tell us. Uh, there was a bit where I was walking along. Where we were doing this experiment where everybody seemed to be getting a bit lightheaded and feeling like something was watching them if they went to this certain place, but then it disappeared as soon as they got to the building with the ladder and everything. Only initially. Uh, after uh, my second attempt going back, it wasn't fading. Either way, when I walked towards it, it felt like something was actually brushing against my mind. And well... I brushed it off and I was fine, but then a few minutes later, I just passed out. Well, anyway, we managed to get a taxi back and get taken care of, and now we're here. I'm well, saying this so that we can use what, everything that we just said as the recap. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned up and gave everyone lovely presents and was just generally amazing. Of course you did, yes. Very many fine presents in fine boxes that were real. Mm-hmm. Mm. What did you do today, Howard? <laughs> I had a lovely day just uh, doing my memoirs and uh, looked at the scrolls that Anya gave me as a Christmas present. Turned out to be like scrolls, <coughs> rubbings from the Rosetta Stone. But um, upon looking at it more closely, it looked like there were like the broken corners of the Rosetta Stone. It looked like they were filled in on the scroll. So I went to the museum to you know check it out. It turns out it was. And I also received a book regarding the Whispering Fez from oh, the professor. Yes. But I haven't read it yet. I'm going to. But that, there's something to do with the book being delivered. Oh, yeah. There was something uh, curious about the date. So even, today's date is the December the 30th, but the date on the package that it was sent to me was the 30th of October. Not quite sure what that is. It might be irrelevant, but who knows? Yeah, sure. It's completely irrelevant. It's a book. It's the book that uh, Howard couldn't find because of it, the professor who obviously left it in the country house. No, I'm not. Oh. Everything. Uh, oh my God! <laughs> the tea. Uh, recap. Let's discuss what we did. Oh, I did a lot of reading. Got a little bit wibbled out. Howard is slowly going quiet. Yes, quietly going crazy. I have acquired double digits in Cthulhu Mythos. Ah, applause! (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Have you got your new character ready? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We went back to the uh, to the well in Lambeth, and I tried to archaeologise the sign that we broke, but um, we we broke it because it was broken. And we found another sign instead, which said um, said um, like when the well was established, but it also said uh, "May it rest here." Yeah, which was written about twenty five years later. (laughs) Yeah. that we think it has something to do with the, um, the weird... mysterious oily water. Yeah. Um, also, we also uh, we went to the church with the cat who listens to the keyboard, uh, the organ. Oh, we had a wonderful time. Yes, yes, we did. 
Half the people could see the cat, half the people couldn't see the cat. Um, Reginald disappeared for about ten minutes. I went to the dreamlands for a little bit, completely yeah. fully. And then he came back and was... Some people were convinced he was uh, a madman, and other people were convinced yeah. that he was legitimately uh, telling something due weird. To, due to a puncture in one of the organs parts, we couldn't finish the investigation, so we're going to go back during service <coughs> in the next couple of days. Well, it's going it's to be like next a week. week. They've got to fix the organ. Uh, we then tried to get into Lambeth Palace to see the records of the park, and we were beaten by the mon- uh, bureaucracy monster. Otherwise known as the GM. <laughs> they managed the bureaucracy monster at Lambeth Palace. They just turned up on New Year's Day and were like, we want access to your records. And the guy was like, uh, no, fuck off. <laughs> so Lester is now preparing an elaborate scam <laughs> to get himself into the archives with Charlie's help. Uh, James and Harold are off to Greenwich Foot Tunnel. And Anya and Reginald are off to investigate the dream cat. And I studied a little bit of Gaelic. Right, so... Um, glob, glob. So me and... Uh, Reginald mm-hmm. Barclay. Uh, we, Buckingham, not yeah. Barclay. Oh, so sorry, my English. We went to the uh, to, back to the church to further investigate the cats, but we angered a vicar and we uh, we were momentarily imprisoned, which was an outrage. And literally, we then ruined some police officers' it was, lives. It was literally the worst thing that happened to any character in this game so yeah. far. But then we came back, uh, <laughs> and as Craig said, we ruined some policemen's lives forever. <laughs> We got and, the key for the church. Yeah, we got the key for the church, went inside, we played a gramophone, which made millions upon millions of cats appear of incre- incremental size, mm-hmm. from like regular house cat all the way up to lion and lynx and whatever. And we, we made light friends with them by, you know, showing them some respect, but then they all went back into the altar. And I decided that's probably enough for me. I don't, I don't think I can. I don't think I can disprove that this isn't some sort of magic thing because quite clearly is. But Craig is still More pursuing persistent. this. We went to the Grange Tunnel to debunk the uh, the mystery, debunk the, the myth that humans need oxygen to live. Yeah, the um, <laughs> there were echoes and uh, breezes within the tunnel, but it turned out to be just the elevators coming up and down and pushing the air around as they did so. Whilst we were there, obviously uh, James had been to the storm drain and the grate halfway down the tunnel, and that's where we saw a father get wrenched through a black wall of some kind. It's so nothing worth bothering up again. So, we decided to investigate it again during a storm in a storm drain. We found out why they're called storm drains. Yes, it filled with water. And then we, we got flushed down the toilet, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Um, and James nearly died. Uh, Quite literally, nearly. about one hit point. He's now left in hospital with pneumonia. You did, you did rescue him. You I did rescue him that. by accidentally jumping on his chest <laughs> and releasing the water henceforth. <laughs> you actually rescued him when you rolled a three, or whatever it was, when you were clamouring to safety, yeah. Yeah. and he yeah. bashed into you and you grabbed hold of him. Otherwise, he would have been sucked down yep. the drain and died. Mm. Okay, um... Uh, Lester Marwood and uh, Charlie Nichols, what did you do? So, we collectively hatched a plan in order to try and investigate the documents that we need to investigate in the Archbishop's Palace. Uh, and by, uh, we first of all spied on a couple of churchy types and uh, also got some uh, juicy pieces of church history and then we managed to 
uh, imply through overhearing our conversation that we were in pos- possession of some possibly quite important uh, church documents on microfilm, which we have also been preparing, um, and so we have an appointment to go and visit them now. Oh, and then I've gone to the Kingdom of Sky in search of some tuition on whatever the common language of Sky is, but I've been told that could be Cat or or um, Hafig, I believe. My language is in another town, I've been told. <laughs> recap. Recap. Gosh. I ran off to the church alone. Again. And ended up unleashing a crystal cat, which... Yeah, it was evil, and then I fell into a dark altar, and there was a tubular thing that I landed on, which talked to me, and then went, no, don't want Don't you. pack all your stuff up, because it, it, it means oh, yeah. you can't hear anything. Spat me out, and I was in the fountain, and then I went home, quite shaken, and red. Yeah. So part two of our plan to get some documents from things went okay. I mean, it wasn't quite to plan, but basically... We got the documents that we needed, and they led us to a clue which uh, suggested there might be something weird going on in um, Lambeth Gardens. Yeah, Lambeth Paradise Gardens, absolutely. Um, and so we went back there to investigate. As a big group with everyone. And, um, and Anya ended up falling in the water. Yeah, I, that was very exciting. Charlie, Anya and Harold all went down out downstairs, and uh, both uh, Anya and Harold both managed to... Failed their really anymore. Launched themselves and attempted to launch themselves into the drink. I managed to grab Harold and unfortunately was unable to. <coughs> so eventually we were like, fuck it, let's go home. But Anya had another story. Yes, I, I uh, fell into the water uh, through some sort of psychic force. And um, I woke up orbiting the planet. And apparently I was transported there because they couldn't find me in the water. And. Uh, some sort of creepy thing was talking to me inside my head and said that it was going to follow me around now. And so... You want to experience your life and live once more. Yes, that. And um, when I got back to the house in my room, I found a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Ferret. A black half ferret, half horse. (laughs) Combination. It's Um, all ferret. It's a ferret, Zobal the ferret, uh, which talks to me in my head like a Disney princess. Uh, I, I sent a telegram to Uncle Otto about all this shenanigany bullshit. And he has called for some family to go, oh, Mongo. Uh, and then I retired for the night uh, due to drink, I think. Yes, that was pretty much it. Yeah, you going to say anything else about Zobal? Uh, Zobal. Zobal? Um, I think I whispered in your ear, maybe? Or are you keeping that to yourself? Oh, oh no, okay, so it said Tekalili in my ear, like one of those Cthulhu things, but I didn't make a mythos roll, so I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what it is. Okay, what happened next? You all went to bed after Yes, we all went to bed after a hard day's excitement adventuring. Hoping for a yeah. nice quiet sleep when we all woke up coughing and spluttering from smoke. Fire, fire. Oh, There was a big fire uh, that um consumed the house that consumed the whole house yes most of us made it out we still do not know the whereabouts of the professor, professor and, and Beddows who are dead and also, <laughs> what we and uh, Anya went to look for the books in the library and 
and uh, the case had been opened, and the copy of the Cathat Aquadingen <laughs> was that was in the professor's private case had been taken, That's and nice. all of his um, journal yeah. entries had been taken as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, lots of people spent lots of time, rather than fleeing the burning house, grabbing their guns, their books, their personal property, rather than just guns. throwing themselves out a window to safety and losing all of the things we've accumulated. Yeah. Not that. Oh, why did it destroy them? No! GM sad face. <laughs> I destroyed the Christmas tree. Ah! No! <laughs> You're the <a> Grinch! <laughs> Mr. And it ended with them all in the street, in the dark, in the cold, covered in soot and grime. Well, we're not that cold, really. Being previously on Horror on the Orient Express. Yes? We, we got time! The professor lives! Okay, so, so we started oh, off at, at Lord Wellesley's house to recover from the burned house of the professor. We had breakfast. Yes, yes we had breakfast. I freaked out over the newspaper because of the three Macriat murders. Yes, there were three Macriats who all died in the same room by another Macriat, we think. And there is also a Macriat, a selling Macriat, who is related to a blood red fez and quite clearly stated to be evil. So we're, we're, we're a bit suspicious of the Macriats. Um, and we're going to go later to a hotel to investigate that. I've got some sort of disguise plan yep. brewing. That's a hotel that Anya has already done a recce on. Yep. We um, went back to the burnt house to see if we could find any belongings and see what happened to the professor. We did, well, we found the whispering fez, so we've got that back in our possession. Yes, uh, I, I found a mysterious scroll uh, hidden in under a shelf in the library. And Ruth's birthday present. And Ruth's birthday, yes. uh, Christmas present, which uh, I gave to her. I haven't looked at it yet, though. After that, we started doing this investigation into the Macriat, so you... Yep. I uh, had a plan to get all disguised up and uh, go down there, um, but first, uh, Anya was to scout the place out. I went to buy some clothes to replace the clo- all of my clothes which have been burnt up in the fire. The rest of mine are in fucking Germany. <laughs> 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 then uh, I sent another telegram to Uncle Otto asking if uh, he or his friends know anything about the Kthat Aquadingen, which is the book which has gone missing from the professor's library. Then I went to the hotel where I gleaned some info by uh, half-heartedly seducing the uh, the concierge. Uh, I now have the key to the room directly below the uh, hotel room where the murders happen. The key to the room next door for the, where, the, where the things happen. And I found out where some policemen are. Uh, also, I received a telegram uh, from Uncle Otto with some interesting information and a book, a locked copy of a book that I'm progressing to unlocking. Just as I was about to go out to do some photography, a small child came up to me and gave a message which came from um, Julius Smith and went to inform the others and we headed over to find them in Cheapside. Yeah, Uh, the professor is alive but he's a burnt husk at the moment. Uh, He's told us that we need to search for a statue which has been broken into several pieces. It's a Defka Simulacrum. Thank you. Beddoes is supplying us notes. Um... And we've been advised to take the Orient Express. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, we're going on the Orient Express to collect these pieces and destroy them. We have to go to Constantinople to destroy them. You need to search for things called the Sedefke Scrolls yep. as well. They can help with the ritual to destroy it. Um, and we also received the Cathat Aquidinium because Bedos went back into the burning building to retrieve it. We've cleared Bedos' name because the inspector wanted to take him in for questioning. Uh, everyone split up to go and investigate three different things. Team, Team train. train! The people Team on the trains train. have booked themselves a train carriage yep. on the Simple and Orient Express service from Charing Cross to Constantinople. They fired an entire carriage and conductor. Yep. And uh, then we had a wonderful Savoy. afternoon. Yep, we had a yeah. lovely meal at the Savoy. Um, uh, team uh, Hotel. Team Hotel! Managed to block their way in using their. Their cunningly crafted disguises, which they'd spent a couple of days, well, Lester has spent a day or so building. And some boobs. And some boobs. Yeah. <laughs> they found out various information. There wasn't much that was useful, but um, we did get a lead that led us to the Turkish embassy uh, to follow the inspector who had gone there. Found out that they had been... Uh, Incredibly rude and pissed off the Turkish. Yes, creating a lot of noise and annoying the Turkish embassy. Um, so we decided to go down to uh, the shop, uh, the shop, uh, and then that led us to the um, team shop. Ruth and hang on, the information we got from the embassy basically said that that the guy was much younger, about twenty five. Yeah, rather than the old guy who's actually running the shop. So we literally have no idea who this guy is. Yes, uh, but the shop team they managed <coughs> to break into the shop through the back door. Uh, it looked like the shop had been emptied, like whoever was there had moved out. And just as they were finding some interesting things, like strange symbols hidden under a rug, and the ledger books, what happened, guys? Police came in. Yeah. And what happened next? We might slightly have been arrested. Was there an exciting also, chasing? Also, what else happened? There was an exciting chasing. There was an exciting chasing. I have no idea. Chow attempted to claim... He was a member of a special branch by cribbing Lester's uh, disguise with no preparation. So, unsurprisingly, they didn't believe him. I think they're going to arrest me anyway. Might as well give it a shot. They arrested him, and instead of just charging him for breaking and entering and probably giving him a fine and letting him go in half an hour, they they, they summoned someone from a special branch who turned up. Thankfully, this person was intercepted by Lester, who spanned a fabricated spare cell because he's a con man and managed to get most people off the hook. Though However, that only worked because... That only worked because Lord Buckingham was involved. Question. Have we probably just made any war that was going on between Special Branch and Secret yes. Service even worse? Yes. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> so However, the party have lost access to the shop because Special Branch are, as uh, Craig just mentioned, being dicks to the Secret Service in this Ongoing war. The special branch is sending a telegram to the Duke of Buckingham to complain about his son's activities. No, no, his son's friends. Thankfully, Reginald sent a telegram first saying, yes, yeah, some of my friends got you trouble. Uh, that was a good move. It was a very good move. <laughs> Otherwise, so basically, basically, by the end of this, my Harold Walsall is the only one whose name is not getting tainted. And the Where happened? did we start? Did we start from the we morning st- after they got arrested? Yeah. yeah. Right. The first thing that happened was <laughs> James Lawson died. <laughs> <laughs> he died. He died of pneumonia-related complications. <laughs> it's a 
essentially, yes. Pad, pad. Um, it's okay though because it was really funny. Yeah. This. Uh, <laughs> Get off the mop. Lester tried to use it as an excuse to try and get access to the shop due to. Uh, implications with the Secret Service, but it didn't work. This was after much time going to the head of the police station, then trying to go to the scene itself, then trying to get into the Houses of Parliament or something. Yeah, the Cabinet. Uh, Throwing words like Secret Service, CID, everywhere. The newspaper, several newspaper headlines about um, a beloved entertainer dying in police custody. Yeah, that's, it's weird how that one got leaked. But uh, either way, it was still the most pathetic Call of Cthulhu <laughs> death ever. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, um, the editor of one of the papers said that the story was handed to him directly by the cabinet, cabinet secretary. secretary. Hmm. Which is confusing, and Lester's trying to chase that up. Reginald got a whole barrage of e- uh, telegrams from his unimpressed father. Indeed. <laughs> emails. Um, oh, um, and then proceeded to read. My, my father showed up to inform me that my sister... Was it Felicity? Yeah. Felicity will be joining us on the Orient Express because, uh, despite trying to keep a low profile, because both myself and uh, Lord Buckingham uh, went and bought the tickets... It kind of spread, and now everybody wants to go on the Orient Express with us. So, yeah. You are that... the darlings of the season! You are the darlings of the season, apparently. Uh, at least we're popular. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, then we... We, um... did, we mostly did reading to try and get through these books. And I went and got some clothes for the trip. Yeah. We, some of us did a little bit of shopping for some clothes. Reginald hasn't actually told the party this yet. He got a telegram from his father. The message was, yeah, I'm sending a representative to take charge. Oh dear. Wow. So the Duke of Buckingham is sending someone. Oh dear. Oh dear. I wonder if that's Chow's new character. <laughs> it may well be. <laughs> we went to investigate the, uh, the disappearing man who bought a train set from Mr. Macriat's uh, antique shop. Yeah, uh, he, he died of spontaneous human combustion, yeah. which isn't wasn't really the case. Uh, we couldn't really find anything at the scene except for like this bubbling wallpaper and soot all over the place and mm. these two tracks from the train model. When we found the train model with this train enthusiast, uh, a ghostly train appeared, and now what? Ruth and I are having a fight with some deathly things on it. Yeah, you, yeah. Got, you got on the train and it disappeared. Yeah. 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 And you almost wound up on the train but managed to pull herself away but, from but, it. Yeah, but no, no, no. She basically thought, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting on a scary train. Uh, so we almost dragged her on. Yeah. Uh, we've managed to get, lock ourselves in a new carriage with the man who spontaneously combusted. No, it's a different man. Is it? Oh, yeah, the combustion guy is up the front. This is just an old guy with a cane. Yeah, the train was made by someone called Alexis. Um, we started with me. Um, oh, oh, yeah, the train uh, yeah, had just disappeared. Yeah, the train had just disappeared. Uh, yeah, so I pretended to faint with the guy there, and then I rendered him unconscious with a sucker punch and tied him up. Because I, wa- I just wanted him briefly out of the way. So then I called for... Uh, Reginald and uh, Lester to come and help out. And as true gentlemen, we responded forthwith. But then Sam turned up. I had been sent by Reginald's father uh, because of excessive use of family name, family lawyer, 
family influence to keep his twit of a son out of trouble. I very quickly realized why there's been trouble. And we evaluated twit. It turns out that Reginald's crazy obsession with the paranormal isn't just nonsense. Yeah. After getting dragged onto the, as we say, oh. uh, you arrived at Anya's location. Uh, I blindfolded the tied-up guy. <laughs> yes, to make he sure did. he didn't see Lord Buckingham. Yes. There was a, there was a little Mexican standoff with the new guy and some stuff, and then I repeated what Ruth did to activate the train gateway, and of course uh, it pulled me on as well. And everyone followed. Everyone followed except for Lester. For Lester, <laughs> me, and uh, so. Unsure exactly what to do. Uh, well, some things happened on the train. They they there eventually fought, fought their way to safety. We yeah. When when we yeah. appeared on the train, there were zombies uh, that were trying to take our life. But we we found a gentleman on the train who, uh, while clearly crazy, he he was the uh, he'd been doing an experiment on a train which had created this gateway and pulled him through. His son had built a model of the train and come through. Then he killed his son. Uh, to use his entrails to make a return gateway also, and have breakfast, and yeah, and also for snacks. So we got on the train and we fought the zombies uh, that were there trying to suck our life away, and we we backed up into the carriage for safety with this nutter. Uh, Ruth was... and I reconstructed the track as it was in. So uh, unsure whether I ought to um, retry the experiment or not, I decided to attempt to compromise by cutting loose but still restrained the guy that was uh, tied up earlier and uh, trying to start the experiment and then walk off so to see what, what happened to him. Um, unfortunately, work. the experiment doesn't quite work that way, so I ended up getting bustled uh, yeah. onto the train. Lester was in the middle of running out of the building when the train appeared in front of him on the ground floor and kidnapped him. And then I was getting attacked by lots of zombies, uh, so I, I couldn't really meet up with the other guys because they were between us, so I fought my way to the front of the train, uh, where I found a driverless um, caller. Um, the engine. Uh, yeah, and uh, pulled the brake on that at around the same time that uh, Reginald arrived. Yeah, Reginald, yeah. Samuel? Reginald and Samuel also joined up with him. Uh, that caused the train to suddenly drop, um, to start falling for a long time. Into the abyss. Uh, and while that was happening, the uh, the entrail model was still being worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, after nothing really happened with the train falling, we uh, uh, switched it back on. And shortly after it was switched on, uh, the uh, experiment to recreate the uh, uh, the uh, the method to open the portal uh, worked, and we ended up on some real tracks back in the real world, and narrowly avoided crashing into a train coming in the other direction. We jumped off. Uh, walked through the woods a couple of miles, went into a pub, had some drinks, had some yeah. food. Well, whilst the train they almost crashed into emergency brakes, they ran for it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, Reginald had a nice chat with uh, Zobal. Yeah. Yep. During the fight, <laughs> Anya was assisted yep. by Zobal. Everyone noticed that Zobal has a variety of interesting attack modes. And can speak. Shredding, duplication, 
and extreme fluffiness. Yeah, he, he, he seems to be having trouble at manipulating space-time. But, but eventually worked it out and shredded a load of zombies as a gigantic iron armoured dinosaur thing. Mm. Hey, does a job. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the party have safely returned to London after a train venture um, and, and have a week until the Simplon Orient Express departs for Paris. Previously on Horror Ladies, gentlemen, a recap. Uh, Lester Marwood had to leave the party to lay low a while because of complications surrounding his identity being revealed because of the whole crown jewels discovery thing that he got tangled up in. He's on the lam. I went to send a telegram requesting that my house be looked after because I'm going on a longer trip than I thought. I went out to buy some clothes for, uh, for James's funeral and on the way, I bumped into... Scott Adams. Scott Adams is a sort of archaeology student, but he kind of got kicked out and is now bumming around Europe. And he was studying at uh, Arkham University. And so, yeah, he's, uh, he's here now, and he's bumped into Anya a couple of times yep. now. But meanwhile, while that was happening, what else was happening? Um, me and uh, Lord Buckingham have been working on our uh, relationship. Uh, no well, homo. Well, that first day we were just reading. Oh, I was. Oh, yes. So. Then you went and sorted out the berths for the trip to Calais. Yep, the first class berths for the trip to Calais. And then we had quite a discussion and argument and generally everything was fine and we had... A nice time at the Savoy until we returned home and all hell broke loose. Just before they returned, I was spending most of the time reading The Whispering Fairs because it takes an awful long time to master it completely. Uh, whilst I was studying, a package arrived for me with a scroll made of human flesh with the words The skinless will not be denied written on it. It was scary. Yes. So um, I went to the British Museum Library to research the Sedefka Simulacrum uh, and the Sedefka Scrolls. While there, I bumped into Scott Adams again and I gave him some things to look at along the routes down to Constantinople on the Orient Express, you know, because he asked. And he found out some stuff about the skinless ones, which piqued his interest. Mm. Then I found a copy of uh, a book called The Catalogue of Rare Books in Europe, which lists uh, some information about the Sadefka scrolls. Well, the last place they've seen is, um, the last place the manuscripts were seen is the Topaki Museum in Constantinople. I found out some information about the Sadefka Simulacrum as well, a 13th century manuscript that references the Devil's Simulaire which is in the Bibliothèque Nationale of Paris. Just after I gained these bits of information, a guy sitting opposite me at the table fell over suddenly and we rushed over to find out that all of his skin had gone missing, the poor chap. Inside his jacket was a uh, skin parchment saying, the skinless one will not be denied. Uh, we were hustled out of the library and uh, I stole the copy of a catalogue of rare books in Europe. Just outside the library, uh, I was confronted by Scott Adams, who uh, noticed the reference to the skinless ones and that the, the skinless one will not be denied in the uh, body. Had some questions for me. We went to get uh, coffee and a cake and I tried to dissuade him from um, pursuing this course of investigation, but I think that's just piqued his interest more. Well, yes. Hopefully it has, because he's a player character. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to take a chance and uh, go and get some tickets on the Orient Express um, for the same journey that they're leaving on on Friday. I spoke to um, 
Inspector Barrington about it, but uh, all he did was reveal that the gentleman who had been killed was uh, Richard Wentworth, one of the professor's students who no one in the party seems to have known. We returned to the uh, turn to the house and um, found out. Uh, I found out that Lord Wellesley, Lord Wellesley had received uh, a similar skin parchment. Uh, Samuel and uh, Reginald returned and uh, revealed they'd received a letter at the um, Savoy Hotel, which is weird because they weren't staying there, they'd just gone there for lunch. They opened the letter and it contained a piece of paper with the Vorish sign on it, which had been activated by a sacrifice, and um, started to drain their power. So um, we, I chucked it in the coal scuttle, um, went and asked Zobel about it, um, he told me that if you destroy the paper, you stop it affecting them. And burnt the paper by chucking this coal scuttle into the fire, and they've both started to come around. And then you went to bed. And, and then, then we went to bed. After this. we've discussed to bring Samuel up to date. Right. Where did we, we start? Um, oh, yeah. We got on the train! Was that the first thing we did? I think no, so. You, you, oh. you bimbled around doing some last minute shopping. Oh, we had the funeral. And the funeral. We got. And <laughs> we went and got the main ballet. We had a, and we, we got a... permission to go in. Well, Anya and I got permission to go. Well, half the permission to go into the French bibliothèque library thing. Right. Um, we need to go to the embassies in Paris in order to finalise that. That was I... all we did before we got on the train. I spent the last couple of days just basically pottering around, being um, a tourist, uh, and then having once... a haircut. Yes, I did get a haircut, and then eventually, when I got onto the Orient Express. I let the people settle down and then introduced myself to the group who were understandably suspicious of first of my motives, but after some chats on the ferry, when we got to the ferry, um, decided tentatively at least to allow me to hang around them for a bit longer. And uh. having decided that... Also by Sister Felicity has oh, yes. been sent on the train, uh, thanks to our father. She wants to go exploring with Anya and Reginald, which, as far as I'm concerned, is fine, as long as it doesn't involve me. She just annoys me. And we've just arrived in France. Yes. In short, Harold's a monster. I'm not His a monster. His sister's a lovely person. She is very lovely, monster. but given our age difference, she is just so aggravating. We pulled into France on the Orange Express, and our carriage is now decoupled. Yeah. And we checked in at, what was the hotel, the Bristol? Basically, we've been doing a whole lot of research in the library. Well, briefly, Anya got kicked out of the library for researching too hard. <laughs> she had an argument in French German with someone who didn't speak German. Mm. And there's lots of anti-German sentiment right now in Paris. This fisk. We found out a lot of information about Comte Fenelic. Uh, who was in possession of one of the statue pieces? He had the whole statue originally. Oh, and then it got broken at that point. I see. The Comte Fenelic was uh, basically some sort of lunatic who had crazy wild sex orgies and had a mysterious torture dungeon. So we're hoping to investigate the asylum where he was committed uh, and also... We um, need to go to Poissy because that's where his mansion was when it burned down. That's right. So we want to see the remains of that and then we have some leads taking us to uh, Venice and, and Trieste, Trieste yeah. uh, where the statue may have ended up. Because <laughs> Napoleon's men yeah. took um, some possessions with them. Or we at least might get further information there. Correct. 
And um, that's place. That was all the library stuff. What did uh, you guys get up to? I sat around and ate quite a lot of croissants, drinking a lot of coffee for the past several days. And you made a car trip. You've, you've arranged a car trip. Yes, I, and I've arranged uh, the trip for the upcoming day. And what did Craig get up to? He did a lot. Oh, yeah. I read Latin, or failed to rather, and very slowly made progress. Till a point where I got so frustrated, I fucked off to the dreamlands for three weeks in six hours. And read the advent of a silver key instead of a fat acrodingum. And then finally came back, and then went to the opera, and then read some more Latin, and finally got through. And you picked up another NBC companion. Oh, Felicity's governess. Oh, yes. And about your her. governess. So Felicity had purposely given the governess the wrong time for the train departure, thus missing the train. But now she's caught up with us and she's not pleased. But now she's joining Felicity and the rest of us. Yes, so Anya and myself went to the... I the thing of it. Uh, the Charrington Asylum to try and find out more information about... Comfellic. <laughs> Comfellic. <laughs> Yay. Um, we didn't get much information there. We couldn't investigate his cell, but Anya found, stole, uh, the doc- the late doctor's journal about... Uh, the, the journal mentioned that, um, there was a nurse, um, who went missing, and they found him in the basement <laughs> of the facility, and he'd been wounded in his left arm, and there was a mysterious guy with him, and no one knew who he, fro- who that guy came from. So they took the guy, the, the... The doctor running it took the guy and put him in the um, in the private wing of the hospital, and <coughs> and he wasn't responsive. And they tried to feed him, and he just threw it back up. And they tried ECT, and he came around a little bit, but didn't say anything. And then uh, the doctor mysteriously died in uh, an ECT accident, which is why they wouldn't let us investigate the basement. Yeah. Uh, that was the asylum. We then all took a car to Poissy, Poissy. which is where Comte Fenelic uh, used to live. Before uh, that, I had oh, actually stayed doing the Fat Aquadine, finally got finished, and have burned enough sanity that now I intend to read nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and now um, um, Anya has the Fat Aquadine. She's stuck um, in the bottom of her handbag yeah. and hasn't touched it yet. Yeah. Once we arrived in Poissy, we found the house that is on the grounds of Fenelic's uh, old mansion. They were happy enough for us to investigate. We found the cellar, which completely spooked Sam out. Was there Sam? anything strange about the family? Oh, Each of the their pump. left arms were bruised or boiled or arthritic or scarred. Oh, it was a bit weird. Um, but once um, Anya, Reggie and Scott had dug their way all the way down to the bottom of the cellar and retrieved a piece of the statue we're looking for, the left arm of the statue, and got back out, all of the uh, left arms started healing. Yeah, underground we saw some scary stuff. We um, it, it seemed like a just an ordinary tunnel at first, and then we found a chamber with lots of dead bodies, uh, lots of skeletons locked in coital positions. We then then our lamps got blown out uh, while we were investigating further, and we were led yes, and we were led to the um, arm by uh, An sort eerie, of eerie glow, and we found it in the middle of a nest of eerie roses, eerie incredibly sharp underground roses. We uh, carefully cut the arm free and took it, and then the 
illumination faded. And, and our illumination came back on. Yep. And uh, we left, and as we left, um, it seemed like there was only a simple straight tunnel and none of the side tunnels we'd investigated had been there. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> then, on the way back uh, to the hotel, we were arguing about uh, the arm and the nature of supernaturality, and uh, I slipped and hurt my left arm. Uh, we returned to the hotel uh, where... Zobel informed me that he could move what wreathed me onto someone else, so I named Scott. <laughs> High five! <laughs> and Scott fell in the bar uh, without my knowledge and injured his arm. But yours is now healed. Uh, I, they have a piece of the Sedefke Simulacra. The first of, I think there's six pieces Left in arm. Previously on Horror on the Orient Express. Well, okay, so we... Nearly killed Chow again. Woo. Yes, but that's par for the course. Okay, so <laughs> we... Uh, well, yeah, hang on. There was a burglary at the hotel in Paris, so we sent for the cars to come pick us up, and we left in the night rather than in the daytime. Yeah, we lost the cafe tank with Ding and it's been stolen. Yeah. Yes. And it was stolen by a man with a strange sort of flying device. Wing suit thing. Yeah. So, um... Uh, I... Spent the day in the museum the first day, and I returned. And as I went to get changed for dinner, I noticed that the rooms had been broken into. And upon entering Anya's room, I saw the man on the uh, balcony, and he sort of flew up the side of the building, to which point I chased him to the roof. And as I approached him on the edge of the roof, he fell off backwards, deployed his wingsuit, and shot off into the distance. Jesus. It was at this point that I uh, telegrammed the others... And um, contact the police. We received the telegram and uh, made our way back. Yes, we, we left night. early and we, we went back in the night, which turned out to be a bad idea because somebody made a luck roll and fluffed it. <laughs> and uh, the one of the drivers. Yes, one of the drivers was killed somehow with, by total gore evisceration. And uh, he, the remains of his body drove the car down into a river and everyone in it started to drown. Which was Lord Buckingham, Lord Buckingham and, and Samuel, Samuel his manslant. Would you like to describe what happened, Samuel? I don't remember. I bashed my head, therefore I have no memory of what happened. Would you like what, to describe what, what happened, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> Sam ended up trying to bash through to the driver's seat, saw a horrific mess of bloodiness... And passed out, which is pretty much par for the course. Smashed <laughs> my head, obviously. Oh, as far as anyone knows. Anyway, I managed to pull him out of the car, but I have no ability to swim, so while trying to do all this, I pretty much let him go because I couldn't hold on to him. Swam to the surface and tried to get him again, but then ended up at the bank anyway, so... Eh. During this time, the second car stopped. We all got out and got to the river. And I took off my shoes and coat and dived in and for the second time saved somebody from drowning. Yep. And I've... even prevented them from having pneumonia this time, so the character shouldn't die in the next recording. I ran up <laughs> I ran up the bank, got a rope, uh, threw it to him, and we reeled them in and yep. then we drove back to Paris. I watched. <laughs> my arm uh, still hurts. Yes, his arm still oh, hurts. Oh yeah, his arm is hurting <laughs> from the curse of the simulacrum. So we got to Paris mm-hmm. and reunited with everyone. I, I sent and received some telegrams uh, which gave me some clues as to things which might be done to help lessen Scott's curse. 
So in supporting I... that, I went to the Notre Dame archive where we met a very unfriendly man who uh, was sort of useless, but we went through the card catalogue and found what I needed. So then I went out to get some ingredients for the spell I need to cast, um, but I couldn't get all of them. I couldn't get uh, a mirror, an important mirror, which I'm ha- now having... I had to telegram ahead and have made in Switzerland. I didn't do much uh, of interest, but importantly, I did give Reginald and Samuel the code for the vault in mm-hmm. the train. So three of us at least know how to open the vault. Me and Sam went to the train, checked when the next train was coming through so we could have a hookup, which is tomorrow evening. We weren't and allowed to actually check the carriage itself. I'm sure it's fine, though. But it Emil has to be. confirmed that nobody or had been on the train. Or people will die. <laughs> And then we went and had a lovely day at the Louvre. I went to the back to the, the library in the middle of Paris to uh, investigate the simulacrum a bit more and why it was so much interest. And I was able to find out that there are five copies currently known in the world. Two in America. Of the fat aquadingum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, One is in uh, a private collector in New York, which turned out to be the Carlyle family. Uh, one was with the professor, <laughs> one is in the Smithsonian, and one is in Rome, but there's a set of a total set of 23 in total. And also there was one in Paris, which was slightly smaller than the one we had, and bound in wood. So we assume it, the one we had was a more complete version, more important. Hmm. The following day, we all just chilled out, went shopping, and now we're on our way... Back to the Orient Express. Choo choo! Chugga 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 chugga. Well, we got on the train, the but Orient Express train. As we did, there was a fanfare because the opera singer Caterina Cabarello, the opera singer from Italy, was also boarding the train. Um, on the way to Milan? On the way yeah, to she's Milan. She's going to yes. Milan. Because Felicity and her got buddy buddy mm-hmm. in Paris. So we all uh, we all got invited to a fancy slap up dinner aboard the train with her. Well, except yeah. except me and <laughs> except for all the important player characters got invited to a party with her, and the peons got to I don't know drink <laughs> as as chamber you or was, whatever. You were so not getting saved this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, she also invited us to the opening night of the opera she's going to be performing in Milan in about a week's time, or just over a week. So. We will be able to see that, despite our stop-off in Lausanne. Lausanne. Yep. Um, we prepared to go to bed, just have a normal night's sleep. And when... then... And then we all woke up in the morning. <laughs> but before that... <laughs> we had two hours of gameplay. Of dreaming, we all went to a magical Dreamlands version of the Orient Express called the Dreamlands Express. Yeah, it was all on big tentacle elephants. Um, yeah, those things are pretty sweet. Tentacles. With like massive houses instead of actual cabins. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty big, there are lots of cats there, um, and we sort of had a bit of an explorer of the whole place. Yeah, several strange people, like Madame Bruja, yep. Bruja that's who one, yeah. is an Elizabethan woman who um, did some terrible crime a long time ago. I think she may actually be dead now, but um, ex-dreamers can stay on the train, apparently. So. Uh, Spoilers? <laughs> it says that on your ticket. I made friends with a kitten. We got tickets, by the way. Yes, we can now board the dream Dreamlands Express every time we go to sleep in any, any bed. place, yeah. Yeah, we don't, yeah. So it's headed to a place where we can discard one of our troubles or something, but there are several stops on the way, and before we woke up, we visited the first stop. We didn't get off, but we went past and saw some 
new yes. people get on. The yeah, city, saw. the city of Dilathlene, uh, which we, apparently is a bit of a creepy place. Yeah, we, oh. we saw a tall gentleman in a fine laced suit with jet black hair and golden eyes. Well, I saw him get aboard, and then a group of six elves laughing, playing music, aboarded, and then sort of a group of sort of boneless slug creatures boarded. And then as we pulled away, a beautiful woman ran late for the train and I was able to get Henry to allow us aboard and she said that she will dance for me and Scott tomorrow. What's her name? Sousa? Yeah. Yes, Miss Sousa. Miss Sousa. There is also a Russian arms dealer who may well have been most of the reason for World War One. who... Whenever I'm near him, I hear this creepy heartbeat in my head. He uh, he hears the drums. Also on the train is uh, Zobel, who has taken human form-ish of a um, ebony black person. <laughs> About 14, 15 years old, I mm-hmm. think. And we all went to a very, very lavish banquet. Mm-hmm. Very. There is also uh, a guy called Mackenzie, mm-hmm. who is some like top super head of he- British intelligence guy. He was a spy master. Yes. But anyway, eventually we woke up and we all remember the dream. Lovely. Recap! Recap. So, we arrived in Lausanne, town of Switzerlandish. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on there, but uh, there was a place to uh, buy the scroll. What was the name of the scroll again? Uh, the The scroll of the head. Yes. Um, so it was in a taxidermy shop uh, where um, uh, actually an English guy uh, seemed Edgar to own the Wellington. Place. Um, and uh, we immediately agreed to his first price, which is a lot of money. Um, Thankfully, I have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, also, his uh, mute brother gave me a soft squirrel for mysterious reasons. Um, but so hey-ho. I got that. <laughs> you keeping it? I, I guess. Okay, great. Um, and uh, so after we'd sorted all of that out, well, did we do anything else while we were there? I, I uh, went. Um, I went shopping because I I telegrammed ahead to get my quartz mirror that I require machined while I was here, and I yeah. also obtained some other trinkets I need for performing some minor sorcery. And then on the way back uh, to the train, I bumped into the Duke of um, Lausanne. And uh, who apparently had heard that I was in town and wanted to show me his catacombs. So we went under the cathedral and looked around. I noticed that they were they extend they should extend more deeply, but they'd been sealed off. But um, I I talked him out of digging straight down into them now. So maybe we'll come back and do that at some point. And then I got back on the train. Whilst Reggie and Sam went to the cathedral. Uh, had a gawk, moved on to the library, got pickpocketed, and found that there were some other scrolls that might be of use to us, offered by the Comte de Erlot. Uh, fragments talking about the dark gods as of off in the Alpha Tepping Cthulhu, amongst others. So we eventually left and um, went back, and went back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. woke back up on the, um, the Dreamlands Dreamland Express. Express. There were new guests there when we went to breakfast. Um, various people um, of various kinds. We had a, um, well, what did we have? 
Cobalt, uh, <coughs> who wanted to have a drink with uh, Lord Buckingham. Hi, Nido. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had the... The conspiracy. The, scom- the conspiracy made up of a badger and a kangaroo. Who themselves are made up of lemurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are all one and many. They spoke to Samuel to help him create an artifact to give away at the, the Gulf of Nodens. Uh, Nodens. Thank you. They also just helped me with dreaming in general mm-hmm. and warned me that over the Gulf we can die. Mm. Um, and myself and you, we found a... Uh, a teddy bear. A, a, nightmare te- a teddy bear knight. A yes. nightmare fighter called Charlie who... Aided us in a library <laughs> search... Yep, we looked we looked up some stuff in the library, and I'm about to find out what I learnt now. So I guess I'll tell you later. And I um, found out some information on hieroglyphics uh, that might help me translate the Rosetta Stone. And I've met back up with my cat friend Blackjack, who's been going around with me, and we're seeing if we can meet anyone new on the express now. And I met up with the woman I uh, helped get on the train the other day for dream sex. So, uh, so Rompy Pompey, yes. Pompey learned about dreaming, but I don't know about that bit. And <laughs> I ended like dream up orgasm. Yeah. Ended up on the roof of the train with the kobold click, and we're boozing and eating a ham so, on some lovely furniture. What? How are we supposed to recap that? That was insane. Nothing that happened in the past two hours actually happened. Yeah. No need for recap. Well, <laughs> <There's nothing happened. laughs> Well, um, see you guys next time. Samuel, Samuel mysteriously died. That's, That's all that happened. That. <laughs> yeah. All right, hang on, hang on. Let's think back. Okay, okay so recapping then. At the start of the session, I had gained some new information about um, the destination stations on the train in the dream that we're going to. And we decided not to go to the first place because it was Horrible. scary. Yeah, it's the place of lost dreams. So if you leave the, tr- if you're a human dreamer and you leave the train, you're, you're lost, lost forever. <laughs> then uh, Reginald got bored of drinking with Click and came back into the train. Oh my god, we've been running that long. Yeah, we have I been running realize. that. Oh, wow. he, got, uh, oh, yeah. he got angry at uh, a sarcastic comment, sarcastic comment from Harold, and Harold went up on top of the train. They swapped places and. Uh, Long story short, Harold and Click ended up having sex. Uh, that was not explicitly Harold did sex. also get a magical item off Click. Right? Yes, yeah. I got um, a Gonorrhea. crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a crossbow bolt from Click, which is imbued with dreamland potential uh, and powers, uh, even in the real world. Uh, we just continued drinking and having a good time, even in his room. A little party. So then... What did you do for the rest of the evening on the train? Uh, what did we do? I think I just l- learnt stuff. I think I learnt stuff as well. Yeah, you I played we games. I was playing some tarot game. Oh, you were playing game. a tarot game, yeah. Yeah, so nothing. Balls deep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were having oh, a, a, yes. heterosexual sex. Yeah. <laughs> we got, we got the full set. Oh, no, we need some lesbian action. <laughs> Not it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Luke will find it. Yeah. There we go, there we go, Will. So then we all woke up in the morning and you had a revelation at breakfast by yourself. Oh, yes, I, I had looked up the details of the necklace I wear in the dream, and it's, of course, the Shining Trapezohedron, so it has all manner of nasty greeblies associated with it. So I think a trap... Who's trapped inside? I forget. The Haunter in the Dark? Oh, yeah, him. He's trapped inside. <clears throat> There's a 10% chance that every time you use the thing, he might accidentally notice you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, I remember. I remember now. I was reading from the book, and it was horrifying. Um, Other than that? What happened then? 
I think on the Orient Express. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just started reading the Whispering Fairs. Nothing interesting. I sent a telegram. I said that telegram. telegram that you've taken the thing for. I haven't got a reply from it yet. You'll get your reply um, in Milan. You went to the <laughs> lounge car. We went yeah. to the lounge and had a talk with someone. We just had a on. chat. It was yeah. fairly uneventful. On our way to the you went for a sleep because there was going to be a yes. tunnel and you're claustrophobic. I got claustrophobia after going wibbly last session. Yep. Um, and Lord Buckingham, what did you do? I was just relaxing and then I got mugged. Yes. Somebody barred into your room with a gun and started trying to attack me and threaten me, but I was having none of it. Uh, I heard you scream, so I tried to come and help, although I wasn't very good at it. Anya you, you, you distracted him, it was important. Yeah. Uh, Anya and Zobald also got involved. Until yeah. Zobald did a boo-boo. Yeah, yeah he, he made a minor error in... Uh, slight miscalculation. A slight miscalculation in summoning uh, the head piper of Azathoth. <laughs> for, uh, for the record, you're the one who rolled the dice as to what page number. He turned up uh, and started doing creepy things at us. And then about this point, the great betrayer woke up. I mean Samuel. Yeah, Samuel. Uh, Samuel. Sa- Samuel got sucked out of his body and replaced with this thing. Yes. It wasn't so much sucked no, out. No, no. It ate your soul. It ate your soul. Half of the course for you. Yeah, because he, fa- he completely failed his sanity roll. Then it was listening to the wonderful enchanting piping of Azathoth. Then it proceeded to kill Reginald by shooting in point-blank range uh, of that. Not made, before. Yeah, it knocked me unconscious. Mm. And, and Harold then, disappeared and to the I dreamland. fully appeared in the dreamland. Knocked it, me unconscious. Yep. And then shot you. Blew my head off, but my spirit appeared in the dreamland. Dream and then Emil tried to Distract shoot it, it and, and it didn't really work. Right. Well, he was keeping it pretty Because by this point <laughs> it split from its fleshy cocoon. Yeah, it oh, burst yeah. chow apart like an an overripe banana. By this point, me and Charlie had just about caught up. <laughs> we were staring um, at the train going, uh, They were trying to figure out how to get across a 30-yard gap between the trains. gave you something very oh, yeah. important. Not well, yet. by the time yeah. you got up to Well, more importantly, uh, uh, why When you I arrived away? in the Dreamlands, I met Click again, the guardian of time, and he figured out something was wrong. And Seriously he was, wrong? Yes, and he was actually given permission to use his time powers. So he disappeared and started using them. I Happy as a pig in shit. Yep. Yeah, uh, nice and I was left stuck, panicking, didn't know what to do. Uh, even with Reggie's help, but Reggie managed to dream himself. I, I, I back. did say, ah, we can try dreaming ourselves back, but you were a bit distraught. At yes, the time. but you succeeded, and I succeeded in manifesting my spirit back into the real world Along with my corpse <laughs> right next to me. I think it was at this point that I used a magic spell that I've acquired along the way, which can uh... never use it again. <laughs> well, it's you ask a question, alt- you ask a question, and it um, it is answered, and it's answered by something, and there's a price that must be paid uh, I asked anyone who could possibly stop the thing that Chow was to come yeah. and stop it so literally called my boss in <laughs> Azathoth arrived and well, destroyed later. the world yeah. he did stop him from rampaging yeah. though and took him home yes it was, it was after I had collapsed literally done rocks fall party dies well, at least two of the party mm-hmm. Azathoth Azathoth um, <laughs> was technically correct the best kind of correct <laughs> <laughs> and stopped him from working but then click appeared about half an hour before all of this had kicked off and slit Samuel's throat, therefore stopping all of that from happening. of the mugger. And yep. so I suppose next time we'll be investigating the murder of... Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> uh, that is until we go to sleep that night, meet Click, and he goes, yeah. And tells us <laughs> it was me, I did it. <laughs> Previously on Horror on the Orient Express.
Sam is dead. We found his poor ruined body upon the train. In a pool of blood all over the carpet. His head had fallen off. Yeah. It wasn't completely fallen off. His head had mostly fallen off. Um, it had just been held on by that, what's that bony thing? His head had fallen off enough that it was not good for him. Yeah. Mm. We asked a doctor on the train, Dr. Aaron Reynard, to just investigate the body, whilst Scott tried to gain access by climbing over the train. This, this in retrospect, was unwise. Mm-hmm. For, he uh, was, for he was placed under arrest as the prime suspect of the murder. Well, I mean, not so much the prime suspect as the only prime <laughs> culprit. Yeah. Uh, and so I was going to be executed very soon. By the black shirts of Italy. But thankfully, once we got to Isel, uh, Lord Buckingham oh, hey, himself arrived and eventually sorted out the matter with the black shirts. By, blame, moment too by blaming it on the body that was also found in the tunnel, mm-hmm. belonging to a cat burglar. We were taken to Milan, where it was discovered that Felicity and the opera singer were kidnapped upon their arrival in Milan a few days ago, and that's one of our jobs to try and find them. We are staying at this fancy pantsy hotel. La Galleria Vittoria Emmanuel. Thank you very much. And the doctor, you wanted to investigate the body before and uh, get an autopsy before it was sent back home. Yeah, I received a telegram from my uncle Otto, which I need to do some research about. Oh, you and uh, Ruth uh, leaked to the story to oh, the attacking. Yeah, telegraph <laughs> to um, some people in Milan and London. Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> what a novel concept! <laughs> I'm sure no one will ever write a book about it. No, never. <laughs> that was exactly. Okay, so there were some ghostly voices that woke some people, but not all people, up during the night. Who didn't wake up? I slept. <laughs> we have recordings to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> so the ghostly well. voices sounded like Katarina and Felicity, who have gone missing. Mm. Three of us woke up faster than the others, so we chased it down and found the voices at the cathedral. Reggie, Scott yeah. and Harold. Yeah. I decided that I was going to climb the cathedral, but that turned out to be just an awful idea. <laughs> to be fair, um, you did come to that conclusion with yeah. my, Reggie and Harold's help, so yeah. it was yeah. going to be an awful idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did at the top see that it was not, in fact, um, those two opera singers. It was a man and a woman <laughs> who were being really creepy. Seem to be um, mimicking their voices perfectly. Yeah, and so I fled, and in the process, ended up getting uh, arrested again and spent the night in jail. But there was no sign of them when everyone else arrived on the roof. Instead, what we did find was some strange arcane symbols and some strange black powder, which we collected. And mm. I took a photo of which lit up Scott. Which is how. <laughs> um, the following morning, I went to see the governess Louise uh, because she was attacked and was also one of the last people to see Felicity. Felicity apparently bought me a book, the Sadafka Scriptum, which is to help us on our quest, and I will eventually, hopefully, be reading that. That was the end of my adventures. I went well, to Bale Scott. What else did she tell me? Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, that um, when just before they disappeared, Katerina bumped into a gentleman called 
by the name of Flavio. That's the only name we know so Flavio far. Flavio Comte. Um, they got into his car and drove off, and no one has seen them since. Although Flavio apparently did hold a party the other day. We found we found a newspaper clipping which mm. said that Flavio has been very sick, dying of tuberculosis, but and then mysteriously held a party the other night, and is fine now. Mm. Uh, I went to Bale Scott's. And then we went for l- breakfast. We went for breakfast, I explained some stuff about what I'd seen, and then we head back to the hotel and we did more explanations. By this time, Anya had woken up. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> what I did then was uh, go out onto the streets of Milan and buy the prettiest dress I possibly could for the opera tonight. Um, and after that, I returned to the hotel, and uh, Zobel, being useful... Uh, created a pocket of static time in which I could finish studying the cultist Maleficarum uh, and I'm reading that at the moment and it's full of totally totally fucking weird things that I really wish I hadn't started reading right. my favourite line, the only one I think I can share with you is um, it's too late to look away now <laughs> <laughs> oh amazing during the meanwhile Yes. I went and processed the um, pictures from um, Sam's death and um, the cathedral. The cathedral that was on top of the cathedral, and then um, as it was in symbols I was unaware of, I asked um, the Doctor Aaron to come and see if he could help decipher them. However, by this point, I had passed out due to the reaction of one of my chemical tests on the black powder, causing me to see horrific vision. Of the god of the bloody tongue. When Ruth woke me back up, she then tried to show me some more interesting Greek <laughs> symbols, which, which I then freaked out about a little because they weren't there when I did an examination of the body. <laughs> After that, I then started trying to assist with the Latin translation. Didn't get too far, but then Reggie turns back up. Hello! And, and Reggie had a look at both sets of weird symbols and got something from both of them. First, we'll talk about what he did second, which was <laughs> the script from the Ritual Circle picture, mm-hmm. which was a ritual circle to invoke the skinless and the god of the bloody tongue. Oh, coincidence? Uh, yes, we <laughs> freak the doctor out a little more. The second bit, he recognised, but isn't sure if he should say in the recap. You haven't said it out in I character. haven't said it in character yet, so I'm not going to. But he has promised to reveal it later. All will be revealed. Recap. Recap. We had a lovely day at the opera. (laughs) What in the name of... Where did we even begin? I was. We were both in town. I was getting a dress. And I was on my way back from visiting um, Luis, who gave me the Sedefka scriptum, which Felicity bought for me. And on my way back, I was being chased by gunmen... uh, which, which Ruth, I saw yep. and took a photo of and then, before and then run. ran away without helping me. <laughs> I managed to uh, run through a <coughs> shop, jump in a taxi, and I got to the hotel absolutely fine. You. I can't remember where I was. You were just finishing the time bubble. Yeah. I had just finished reading uh, the book that I got, The Cultus uh, Maleficarum, in uh, in a time bubble so that I could do it faster. And I learned a whole bunch of things that man was not meant to know. <laughs> Why and don't you tell the audience at home what the book is? Oh, it's the Necronomicon. 
No. <laughs> um, it's not. <laughs> it, yeah, it is. It's a, uh, it's a translation of it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I went lit, uh, briefly mad for being locked up for a month reading a book and also the book oh, yeah. being really creepy. So um, I had a nice long bath and then a meal with the party where I tried to convince them that I was, in fact, still sane. None of us believe that. No. Um, I had a pouch made so I can carry the book with me at all times because it's terrifying. Uh, once we had lunch, we were going to go to the opera. Uh, yeah, so... Um, we were being escorted by the police so that nothing would although, happen to us. Although before that, we... Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, I tried to tell people that there is something clearly wrong with you, but Reginald was far too busy getting dressed. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That and I trust Anya. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Also, uh, she helped me out with my arm with some weird potion, so I would. I, I'm yeah, you trust her. Which, of course, has, will have no bad side effects. Yeah. Yeah. We started watching the opera, everything was fine, everything was lovely. Then we saw some suspicious figures at the end of the row, two of which could speak like Felicity and Katarina. So what we thing. followed them into the backstage, where we all got split up. And then it became uh, carry on at the opera. Yep. There was a massive <laughs> adventure fight that happened. It's oh no! No. First, first of all, Harold <clears throat> tried to explain to somebody what was going on, and they mistook me for one of the singers. I think, it, yeah, I think it would be impossible to summarise yes. everything that happened. So, uh, among the things that happened, yes, uh, I ended up being on stage singing one of the main parts and somehow blagging it after a nervous start. It did very well. Uh, Anya and I had a fight in the rafters with the uh, an old woman uh, with the woman <coughs> who ended up. Um, um, I, I dominated her mind with a spell and made her jump off the rafters, so she knocked herself out. Then uh, various people uh, were going after the man who seemed like a more powerful wizard, <laughs> and uh, we ended up. Uh, well, he ended up blasting me with some sort of energy thing, uh, but I withstood it because of the potion that had been given. Uh, to me earlier by Anya so that enabled me to punch him and wind him which made him fall over off of the platform he was on but and not finally... before I gave myself severe leg damage oh yes you fell oh. off no um, no I jumped off you jumped yes. off and then missed yes in, uh, and uh, did yourself some in full sight injuries. in full yes. sight of uh, your father <laughs> yes <laughs> who, yeah. who realised who you were and then finally... I managed to stab him through the heart and kill him. Well, we good. think. <laughs> we think anyway, because he then turned into a blue glowy thing and now the armour is glowing and what the hell? Um, something that may come up. While I was trying to dominate the uh, the male caster guy, um, my spell messed up and he managed to dominate my mind for a second, making me try and shoot Scott. But fortunately I just emptied both barrels of my two-shot pistol, so... Nothing worked, <laughs> but he might have noticed. So, so basically, you had to be there. What happened? We started then? with time freezing, and Ruth was talking to Neolithotep. Yep. He gave me a. I could have anything that I wanted, and kind of like form a treaty with him. And so, um, I. Um, Decided off um, to get don't pack Kater- sh- don't pack stuff up. Sorry, Katerina and um, Felicity back. Thank you. <laughs> but in return for getting Katerina and Felicity back, uh, he decided to return to Earth and make himself pharaoh of all mankind. So we decided to stop him, and we had a very long 
sort of fight with him. Um, anyone do anything interesting during the fight? Well, he got kicked in the shins. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I swept the leg. <laughs> yeah. Scott, Scott kicked him in the backs of the knees and made him fall down. <laughs> that was about all we really managed to I do. I failed to shoot him. I tried to stab him, but uh, he sighted <coughs> and teleported me to ancient Yeah, Egypt. I forgot, you shot me in the arm. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I shot you in the arm. I... We should have dealt with that. Yeah. It was just a graze. I mm. took the um, torso statue back to the hotel. That's safe in our position. Richie passed out because he decided to force his way into dreaming, so I picked him up and ran out. tried to run out of the building with him. Mm-hmm. During which time he went and screamed for help from Zilch, the avatar of Nightmare, and got pretty much told, no, just no go way. and kill him. And but he did heal me up at least. So at least when I went back, I could actually walk <laughs> to do something. I was not much good. So Kevin, really useful hotel. later on. Yeah, I was not much good, so I abandoned the hotel. And you mean for running got... away? I, I ended up telling a load of nasty police people to go into the go back into the place, opera house, into the opera house, um, and then got taken away myself by Lord Buckingham. So I um, I realised that there was probably absolutely no way with the stuff to hand we could deal with Nyarlathep's uh, physical form. So I begged Zobel to help, and he dropped an asteroid on the opera house. This uh, took a while, though. Yeah, th- that took several turns in which we all ran around like headless chickens doing various things. And um, then we blew up a small section of Milan down to a crater in the ground. Everyone survived, oddly, by being in unusual places or uh, just very 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 lucky it could be argued Nyalfatep even saved Harold's life that is true sort yes of. whilst I was in <laughs> you ancient, owe him whilst I was in ancient <laughs> Egypt I, the only thing I could think of was the guardian of time click I managed to uh, get in contact with him and he managed to get me out of the wrong time I spent a week in his house I won't say what happened there. Spent a week at his <laughs> You don't house. need to. Don't need to. But I did finish reading The Whispering Fez. Which yeah. is absolutely horrifying. It is horrifying. But now I can start studying the Sedefka scriptum in full detail. Then we uh, we came back to the hotel. Uh, Reginald insisted on talking to me about what happened. And I explained to him what Zobel was uh, for using the cultist Maleficarum. And he had a sanity freakout. A complete freakout, even, one might say. So I, I dominated his mind, told him to not worry about it, to go back to his room and go to sleep, and it, it did, and it worked. Really well. <laughs> and now it's the next day, and we're getting on the train and getting out of Milan. Hooray! Ooh. To Venice! Ooh. To Venice! <clears throat> to Venice! The city of love. Previously on the Orient Express, yes. Recap. We filled in the doctor about everything that was going on. He didn't believe us. He was worried, but he did believe us. Mm -hmm. Um, We decided that the best course of action was to uh, split the party into one team going into the dreamland uh, to seek out some of those horrible dream creatures for potential aid. Yeah. 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 And uh, the other team were going to continue investigating the Sadefka Simulacrum in Venice. Oh, and everybody knows that Zobel can talk now. Oh, everyone yeah. knows that Zobel can talk now. Yeah. Good, you use you good, you you When we went to the Dreamlands, I have to go down the steps of slumber. The first trial was to, o- 
was to not uh, believe my greatest dream, which was me disproving that the dreamland was all nonsense. Uh, <laughs> next, I have to walk down the steps through nightmare that is yet to come. We have also met Charles' new character, who is uh, Chester, a young-looking cat boy who is a character that doesn't need to be introduced slowly to all the horrors. I am a writer who has been following their exploits and wants to follow in person as it's a great inspiration for a book. And is now latched on to Reggie. Meanwhile, on Team Alive... (laughs) (laughs) Team Reality! We went to the library in Murcielago where we had some interpreter troubles. So we returned to the hotel (laughs) to get an interpreter. (laughs) None of us speak Italian. Yes. Uh, Slight setback. But we're looking currently to see if we can find any information in the uh, section to do with the uh, Napoleonic occupation. Yes. Meanwhile... Well, at breakfast that morning, we'd seen a newspaper report about a murder that was seemed very odd, given the amount of goriness involved. So I managed to weasel my way into the investigation, promising to speak to the babbling, insane fiancé. She, unfortunately, was completely useless for the most part. However, upon examining the body, I was able to provide the investigation with some more information regarding the fact that the guy had been effectively ritually killed, all his blood removed, and uh, sliced in a very similar manner to what happened on the train. So uh, I've been able to provide them some more information, and now I'm heading to go and join the others at the library. Recap! Yeah. Oh, I started my so, trial, didn't I? So my nightmare consisted of us just walking down stairs, just Nothing out of the ordinary, just a red blood fez on my head, trying to manifest into reality. It took a lot of effort to uh, get Chester to even convince me that it was even there to worry about, but eventually, just before we exited Nightmare, uh, I got rid of the blood red fez so it never manifested. We then walked into the Enchanted Forest. And after some pratting around, trying to leave trails and get signs, Reggie just decided it was time for us to fly. To be fair, we did that because one of the signs said it was a quickest way out. True. So the signs were a good idea. Yes, the signs were a decent idea. They did give us that idea. Yep. Yep. And and, uh, Reggie and uh, Cat Ears noticed something odd about Harold, but didn't decide to tell him just yet. Yes, but how did I find out? You uh, realised yourself eventually. Yes. Uh, That you are now a kobold! I am a blue kobold, three foot six inches. I have no idea how this happened, but it's very likely related to click. I need answers. And he's having trouble walking using utensils and such I'm like. getting better at it. He'll be fine. I want to continue what you, everything that you didn't dream. Yeah, we might as well keep the two dreams together, yeah. Um, we decided... We're, we're now in Ulthar, and we went to the Temple of the Elder Gods to try and work out which is the fastest route. The priest told us it was either a three-week journey on the surface, a few days through True nightmare, nightmare, where we can desync time easier. Or the mysterious third option which would be super quick but more dangerous than it sounded. It was to go to the library and uh, haggle with the librarian himself. He could literally ask for anything. And we decided that was not uh, on the table. Uh, I don't think we decided that yet. We haven't talked about it. Oh, we haven't talked about it. Okay. Um, So we are just deciding on the route. So, um, Team reality. We went uh, to the library Marciana... And uh, with the help of our translator we brought from the hotel, found out that uh, we read the diary of a Captain Dubois, his official reports, where he mentioned that basically one of his men, Jean Boucher, had a 
the people of Venice thought he'd brought an evil plague upon them and he had a porcelain leg in his uh, possession, so it all seemed a bit suspicious. So we're looking for a leg. So we then decided to go and look for any other records from Captain Dubois or Jean Boucher, and the only place to do that is the Venetian Senate. Uh, And we went there, and on our way, the canals were plugged with foul goo, and everyone stopped and ran to church, so um, we decided it was probably safest to do the same thing. Yeah, there were some church bells as well that happened around the same time, and everyone just seemed to urgently go to church. Everything basically stopped. It was a bit weird. Um, Um, Asking our guide, she said that basically there was a uh, uh, superstition that if canals went bad that everybody should really start praying so they did that and eventually the um things seemed to clear up a little bit but the town remains in a little bit of a funk also the church statues were crying blood (coughs) oh yeah that happened most unusual Mm. so um we eventually got to the senate and were turned away because it was in session and we were told back to go back tomorrow (laughs) so we returned to the hotel uh where the doctor investigated everybody who was sleeping ruth seemed to be on the road to recovery and she was doing fine Reginald, despite being in an almost comatose state, <coughs> almost like hibernation, also seemed fine. Meanwhile, Harold uh, was not in his bed, and this was puzzling to all of us. We couldn't think of anything, oh. that, any way of tracking him down. He hadn't left the hotel, so we decided the only thing to do was to go to bed. <laughs> we woke up on, on the Dreamlands Express! <laughs> I woke up on a platform and got on board the train and realised and seemed to have accepted this entirely because it's a dream. We we had lunch on the train. Uh, that we spoke to Madame Bruja briefly. The doctor didn't get on with her. He went. He got drunk and went to speak to other people on the train. Naturally, nice. I went looking for my good cat friend Blackjack, but he was nowhere to be found, even in the cat carriage. His mother hadn't seen him, but didn't seem too concerned because whatever cats. Um, um, uh, after my lunch, I, I ended my lunch because early because I um, accidentally touched one of the diplomatic slug creatures on the train and uh, it made me stink, so I went for a bath. I had my bath, and after the bath, I looked in the chest where I keep my clothes and found the body of Blackjack dead in there. A murder on the Orient Express. Dreamlands edition. Dreamlands Orient Express. So a hue and cry has been raised about that, but everyone is really concerned because the compact has been broken. And we need to find out who did who did the killing. So kill we're them. starting to investigate. Recap. Recap. I became a real cat boy. So we learned that the king was not in the capital city, but is actually in Thalarium where the train is going. So no. we've changed uh, tactics and we're now going to rescue the best dreamer of all time, Basil. Who's barred from dream at the moment and we need to open dream from the side of dream that he's trapped behind or some such. And basically it means we've got to go to Nightmare and specifically Karoth. This was a recommendation from Click amongst a few others. Uh, We do have to defeat a vampire prince though. Yes, we don't know how to do that, but Reggie has an idea, so we'll just have to think on our feet. That was our stuff in the dreams. So I did get a magical mirror. Oh, you did get a magical yeah. mirror so we could talk to the other group who yeah. did go to bed. So, uh, team alive. Uh, <laughs> solved the murder. We decided to work backwards from what happened in the box and we discovered a trail. Or I discovered a trail of claws and we realised that the thing was clawed to death by some sort of beast. And having uh, relayed this information to the other two, we heard a scream. Someone appeared to be under attack. 
We found a beast exactly matching the description, trying to steal... What was it again? Uh, Madame Bruges' valise. So, there was a whole bit of a Barney. Yeah, we, we fought the beast, who I recognised as a shape-shifted Miron Mir, the, uh, the wine merchant, who was trying to take the valise, and I bashed him in the eye with a wooden stick and then hit him with a pickaxe. Pick yes. The guardians joined in and helped a fair bit. Well, and then Zobel turned up. Oh yes, I ended up waking up because I was scared. Uh, and I ended up waking up because I was killed but then Click made that never have had happened so it was okay. Anyway, Zobel uh, just chucked a black hole grenade or something into the room and uh, that sorted it out. The crab man has been shrunk down to the size of a pea we- and presumably killed. We, we had all this through various crashes and screams through the mirror. They were listening we, through the mirror. And um, admiring Anya Cleavage. And admiring my Cleavage. Um, we then spoke to Tom from the cats who appeared yeah. and uh, said that he was the king of cats, I think. And he wanted Scott as Blackjack's high priest to take his body beyond the Gulf of Nodens and beg for him to be returned to life. And we, me and the Doctor, are also going as hangers-on. So that's the plan next, but first we're going to deal with the real world next stuff, which is still... We woke up in the real world and we we had our cat boy guy with us, who is now (laughs) sporting a fetching hat to disguise his ears and... I don't know, maybe some glue to hide the tail. Um, once I was going to wake up, but uh, I was still going to be a kobold. But a click grabbed me before I woke up and gave me a bracelet so that I would appear human before in the, in reality. And now uh, the doctor noticed that Ruth was feeling much worse, so I gave her the second dose of that special medicine that um, I have prepared. It's my <laughs> and um, and she seems to be feeling much better now. Now all of us as one squadron are going over to the Senate building to investigate the diaries of Captain Dubois. Also, well, as we were discussing a dead body, one of butlers was like, oh no, death has come to Venice, all is bad and we will die. Literally. And they meant literally death, yes. like the, the skele- skele- skeleton dude. Yes. The and the doctor is off to investigate his second murder. Yes, a second murder has taken place and is... Um, uh, yes, it appears to be very similar, apparently. Or at least we're about to find out. Recap! Went to the Senate and we went into the archives to learn about Capitan uh, Dubois, who was one of Napoleon's men, I think who brought the Sadafka simulacrum to Venice. Uh, He basically buried it under a chapel in the San Marco Basilica. We went there to try and dig it up. Turns out it had already gone four years ago or so. While we were there, Reggie did a thing. I made a mistake. (laughs) Hold on. on. Before that, though, I had been called away separately from the party by the police again uh, to investigate some uh, medical emergency where it was discovered that some children were suffering from the bubons. Uh, the plague. The, the plague. The uh, black it, death. It was starting to spread throughout the city, and I assisted in helping them set up a quarantine. I thankfully was not affected during the encounter, neither was the inspector. But that occurred, and I headed back out to start heading back to the hotel while these guys. Yes, and then that's when I ran into you guys going to the chapel. And then Reggie did his boo boo. Yes, and then Reggie did his boo boo. I might have accidentally read the prayer for. Uh, uh, thingy. And by doing so, you... He, he summoned the god Hypnos. Yes. Yeah. 
and made a deal. Yeah, because he wouldn't go away unless I made a deal. <laughs> they don't. They're like fucking cockroaches. Like, Look, I want to make a deal. I'm here now. You managed to lock yourself at permanent Maxan and permanent zero mythos. Which is a bad thing. <laughs> but on the flip side, I can still learn spells and shit. You just so don't know I what have... they do. Yeah. And can still know weaknesses for mythos creatures. Yeah. But only via your dream law. But uh, he is going to take my power at some unforeseen time for his own use. So, um... After we uh, left... So the god left us a clue in the form of a note which led us uh, to... Which led us to the Grimanchi family. We had no idea where they were, so we headed back to the hotel. And we needed to verify exactly how old this note was. So we ran back to where Anya had previously frittered off in a panic. And she was able to say that it was only a couple of years old. So we decided... That we should charter a boat. When? We found the Sadaka simulacrum pieces assembled on the bed. (laughs) It was very, very scary. Yes, poor Chester thought we were all going to kill him, ran up to the roof. Um, The doctor managed to calm him down after about an hour, so Chester came back downstairs, tail and ears showing, and started a panic in the lobby. Panic slash riot. Panic and riot at the same time, yeah. Um, also, the lightning, the green lightning in the sky is uh, showing the symbol of the simulacrum every time it flashes. Um, before the mob raided the hotel, we got on a gondola to go to the Gramanchi family who own a shop who make mannequins and uh, prosthetics. And they told us that they don't have the pieces of simulacrum, but the Rezionani family did, but they're all dead now. Instead, they have a palace which has been turned into a museum in the Rezionani Square. So we're going to go there. They also recognised Anya's name. Yeah, lots of people do, though. And, uh, and, and had a bit a bad of a thing of her. And Anya dead. is cross. Because they uh, slammed the door on her foot. Ooh. Previously on Horror on the Orient Express. So, we were at the Gramanchi factory, uh, and then we noticed that basically all of Venice was on fire, so we decided that we'd pick up the rest of the Sadefka Simulacrum, the left leg we were looking for, and then leave. (laughs) Um, Everyone except Ruth went back to the boat that we had last time, uh, and we noticed that there were bad people getting on it, so I made Zobel eat all of them. Uh, and Chester saw that and went mad in a kind of sexy way. Um, <laughs> so, he loves the Zobo. Yeah, he's really into prehistoric servitors now. Um, <clears throat> uh, then some stuff happened to Ruth. I woke up um, and then um, was, was informed that the hotel was on fire. So made a quick dash out the fire exit. Um, then hid from the people that were chasing us and got a bit wet and then was aware that Emmanuel from the train Emil Emil from the train um, was coming on a boat to rescue got in there shot a few people who were trying to attack us and then saw a passing boat which appeared to have Anya and the rest of the passing board so 
after some brief shenanigans, we all met up again and we carried on to the place where we were going. Capo Venzialia. Uh, we went inside and there was a single guard who we uh, persuaded to just give us the keys and l- leave us alone. At that point, there was it was quarter two and the clock tower rang and we saw that the the or, there were automata on the clocks and they had legs. So we were like, aha, let's go and look at their legs to see if those are the legs that we want. Uh, so we went into the clock tower and... Loads of stuff happened. Yes. So, we were snooping around, around the top where all of the weird statue things were, uh, and someone, who who did it, who pressed the thing that made it go? The doctor made it. No one. Oh yeah, it just just went to... Midnight. Oh yeah, it just went to midnight and uh, uh, everything started activating... um, so, Made uh, worse by myself and the docs by pulling all the leads. We were trying to help. Yeah, so uh, I sort of ducked around and managed to avoid everything because that's sort of what I do. I sort of fell quite a bit and hit like every dog on the way down. <laughs> so then what? I helped with the levers. Yeah, so after things started getting really bad and springs started shooting out uh, everywhere, uh, well, Chester and I just buggered off out of there. Meanwhile, some other stuff was happening outside. Before that, though, the Doctor did manage to get trapped in a small secret compartment that's, room. That's true. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> but meanwhile, some stuff was happening outside. So firstly, when the cogs and everything started activating, Reggie was swept outside on in front of the automatons with the soldier he had been examining. Literally, just as he had found the leg. Um, he managed to duck and dodge around that a bit and take the soldier's sword and... Oh, then the Comte Fenelik showed up. Uh, he managed to stave him off, but then ended up getting sliced in the back by an Arab and then some other stuff happened. It was an Arab automata. In case we were listening to this, everyone's like, oh, where did the Arab come from? <laughs> Arab <laughs> automata. So, um, I went outside to help Reginald, uh, because I saw he was being attacked. Then, uh, the Comte Fenelik, who was, uh, who was materialising in the form of a creepy shadow, uh, bit me, and tried to drain some of my blood, and then he buggered off because I got stabbed right through the chest by the, um, Arab. Yeah, because we were pulling levers, the whole clock was out of mechanism sense. was starting to fall apart, and also, so it was possessed well, by an evil ghost. That. So it basically threw the sword through Anya. Yeah. So uh, Zobel turned up and was like, was like, oh no, you're injured. And I think Ruth popped out at this yeah, point. Ruth. I popped out, just keeping an eye in case um, the Comte Fenelic. The Comte Fenelic came back. And then as you... Reggie ran over to Anya to try and help her. He stemmed the blood flow slightly and then did something stupid but heroic. And offered to, well, basically allowed Zobel to do something. And Zobel, Zobel switched our places, so I was unstabbed and Reggie was quite stabbed. He was happy with this result, really. <laughs> yes. Then uh, the bell in the clock tower fell, ruining the insides of the clock tower. And um, because... After the party mostly ran down and escaped. Yes. Everybody was still inside. A few people were left up in the clock tower, so I got Zobel to rescue everyone I knew was there. Meanwhile, my brain escaped to the dreamlands to hopefully stem the flow of my blood a bit by going into a hibernative state. No, no, no. Yeah, because you were dead. Because Zobel decided to grab hold of 
everybody who was still outside in the gantry and bring them down to the ground. This process of falling in a gloopy mass killed you. I, meanwhile, in my strange little place, was searching around, and I came across a strange, weird puzzle box of some kind and a weird book related to configuration. Yeah, called the <clears throat> Combinations of Appliance. And... While I was in there, I was like, this tower doesn't feel safe. And these guys down below were needing a doctor. So Zobel came back up and rescued me from my secret hidey hole. I came down, discovered Reginald was dead. And told, just as Emil came back from the uh, boat saying that everybody had heard the bell falling and the load of people were coming our way. So we moved back to the boat, bringing Reggie with us. And I took him into surgery and stabilized him and brought him just back from the brink of death. Yay! Uh, and... I made a dream artefact while in the dreamlands with Lord Zilch. Oh, yes. To throw into the gulf, which is the curse that I got in the last episode. And then we got back to the dream station, which had been turned into a fortress by the government. And we're now leaving Venice. And I woke up. And Reginald was almost deginald. <laughs> My bracelet fell off for a moment and oh, yeah. turned into a coal bolt, but I ran out the building and put it back on. Anyway, we all eventually ended up back on, on the train and we're headed away from that place now. Forever. Hooray. Yeah. So, recap. We were on the train and Scott and Chester handed swords to everybody to decipher their archetype. Yeah, so the sword translations um, change depending on who is holding the sword. So we all have various different names and stuff. Yeah, so Reginald is the prince. Um, Scott is the knight. I am the dream. Ruth is the stealer of souls, which we worked out isn't evil, but just means photographer. <laughs> um, obviously, Anya is wizard slash sorcerer <coughs> archmage. Yeah, not a witch. I've, I've stopped, I've <laughs> stopped pretending somewhat on that front now. But yeah, the game has been given away. Is, uh, the doctor is the physician, mm. and Flinty is a nightmare lizard. We also found out that Emil is caretaker. Uh, uh, that's what you two did on the train. Yeah. We also think the sword is generally going to be quite a nice, potentially powerful sword, and the scimitar is uh, somehow binds things. <clears throat> um, yes. You also uh, helped me translate the Rosetta Stone scroll that I had from mm-hmm. Anya. Uh, it didn't... Well, I believe it didn't tell me anything new. I, there is something Cthulhu-y, wibbly about it, but I failed the roll. <coughs> but um, that very same scroll can be used to help uh, with the Doctor's new book, which I'll let him get to. Well, we reached... Trias. Yes. And we booked into the fanciest hotel... Known as the Excelsior. Once we were there, uh, we had a lovely evening. Uh, we all had a lovely evening in the train as well. And we had dinner. And I had a read of my book and understood it was a manual for the strange little puzzle box that I have and how to do its various tricks and things. And I had a go at doing one of its simple spells to make the box light up like a little light. And that worked. That was good. Before we went to bed, though, Chester had a little incident. I, I was intrigued to see how uh, Harold's um, bracelet would work on me, see if it would hide my ears or make me look like him or something. Instead, it thought I was a thief and shrunk me and put me in a jar. Credit to click there. We realised we couldn't fix this, so we went to bed. That was the point when me and you, um, I tried to read the uh, the book, that you, the Sedefka scroll, you have the scroll of the head, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
But um, I didn't have a good chance then, so I'm going to try again tonight. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Then we went to bed, and I'd hoped I could dream and talk to Click to fix Chester's problem, but it turns out there's a spell over Trieste, and no one can dream. Yeah, instead. Including the dreamer. Yeah, yeah. instead, instead it's slowly supping out all of the magical power from everybody in the town. Yeah. And draining it to some some harmless source. That's uh, what I found out with my secret wizardly knowledge. We realised this when we woke up in the morning. Nothing could seem to work out <laughs> what was going on. I demonstrated the puzzle box to people um, and tried to use the restoration ability to fix poor um, poor little Chester. Unfortunately, it didn't work. Instead, what it did is it made everybody feel loads better, including Sir Reginald. Yeah! He's no longer bound to a wheelchair. Oh. It did not <laughs> any ailments caused by more mystical purposes. Yes, it did not fix the, uh, the, the, the curse-based damaging, but uh, it fixed their regular damaging. We then went our separate ways in town, did we not? So, yeah. I went to the library... And I managed to book an appointment to see the Comte a lot fragments. Mm-hmm. Then I went for dinner. You and Scott, we went to the museum. Yes. Um, we found some interesting stuff in the museum. Re Winkleman. So I saw his burial site and realised that he was like a totally famous old archaeology um, dude, basically the founder of archaeology and... Uh, remember a whole bunch of stuff that I'd learnt about him previously that we can use as leads to follow later on, including uh, possible uh, where his diary went and also some sort of legend about the missing medallion that uh, might be stolen by the person that murdered him. So we're going to look all of that stuff up at some point. I processed uh, photos in my new dark room, including ones of um, Harold as a cobalt. Yeah, it seems uh, my bracelet is not able to conjure my disguise with a camera. Seems fine in mirrors. Mm. I got Zobel to retrieve some magical spell components for me, rat skeletons. Basically, what he does with the rest of the rats is his own business. And... um, I also went shopping in the town for more, like, magic spell ingredients, but I was only able to get one of the two that I wanted. I also went shopping to find some nice crystals and gems for a spell I want to do later on. Some crystal gems? Some crystal gems. Mm-hmm. Me and Zerbal went out to see if we could find anything about this magic field. We didn't find anything about that, but we did find a group of Turks who had recently come to town and were, in fact, shadowing the rest of the group as they explored. We also found that the local townsfolk were in turn shadowing the Turks. Um, after that, Zerbal managed to fix my height issue and has decreed he owns me and that I must call him master in secret. Um, um, oh, we just got... Everyone saw one oh, I came, Yeah, in. I came back from the shop and I made a magic wand using the Sadefka... Uh, Scriptum, one of the spells on there, I've managed to use a diamond to connect it to my cane to make a very good staff slash wand. And then everybody else came back. Yeah, um, me and Anya mentioned about the people that had been following everyone else. Anya yep. Dainest hers. Uh, according to the concierge, it's a delegation from Turkey, uh, or what will be Turkey, I think, uh, about, you know, straight oh, up cool. the Empire. 
Um, and people are just interested in them because you don't see many Turks around here. And we believe him entirely. Mm. Hmm. Uh, I went to the shop and bought more spell components for that delicious magic healing spell that I'm handing out like candy at the moment. Uh, and I, as I went to sleep, I set all the pieces up for that. So, yay, healing candy! Yeah. <sighs> Meanwhile, dream people. I used one of my spells to get myself, Scott, and Roof into dream. Where once we were in dream, we found out that we had the imminent arrival of King Kiranes to look forward to. Uh, in the intervening hour before that, I went to talk to Zilch a bit, and yeah, that didn't go brilliantly. And then we went to the ceremony of his arri- of King Kiranes' arrival. While this lot were off having a jolly good time, we were attempting to decipher a hidden language in the Rosetta Stone. And, uh, well, yes. it was mostly from Dr. Aaron's new book, and we were using yes. the Rosetta Stone oh, yeah. to help us with the translation. Yes. We weren't having much success, though, unfortunately. Um, so what did the Doctor decide to do? Um, I tried to go and use a reading spell to see whether or not... Oh, the, the, the box can actually do, to see whether or not that would let me read any of the words. It didn't! It, it went slightly wrong. The reading spell was a hard dexterity check. And it went wrong. The cube did not like this and started to spout a rather nasty-looking orange toxic gas. And unfortunately... I inhaled it. I fell over, hacked up my guts, hacked up orange goo, and then fell unconscious. Um, The three of us that were there were desperately trying any approach we had to try and... Save poor Harold. A million medicine rolls, a million other things. Dream rolls. Yeah. A wasted potion. A wasted potion. We eventually called Anya, who tried that. Yep. Um, this was not successful, though. So, Zerbal was actually saw what had infected him. I was like, even Zerbal wasn't going to touch it to try and do anything. I eventually managed to dream a message through to Team Dream. But not nearly fast enough, it turned out. I tried to get a newly gained bargain with Zilch at this point to try and save Harold's life, but Zilch was all like, nah mate, too far gone. <laughs> and which point I kind of insist on trying to dream Harold in myself and getting help from him and Click using the magic mirror. And was- eventually I managed to succeed at an extreme dreaming role to get him across. So my body in the real world is dead but and has soul, returned to human form yeah, and returned to human form but my spirit, my soul has been saved and taken to the dreamlands as a kobold where I can no longer leave he is now completely nightmare meanwhile uh, my king's boon of uh, resurrecting blackjack um, happened so blackjack's back and he was very pleased with all of this and so he doubled my magic points for Woo! me, which was cool, and we are bound as best buds forever. Um, and um, I, we also, while I was there, went to see um, his uh, mother, who was very happy as well to uh, find him alive, and granted me another boon, a third boon of this session of... Um, <coughs> 
uh, of being able to know how to use that sweet sword that we found earlier. Sweet sword boon. Awesome. The boon I got from the king was to find out the legs somewhere in Trieste, the arms in Belgrade, and the heads in Sofia. And then went off to the feast where I promised to dance with Silch. So that is the end of Harold Wellesley. Recap. I joined the party. Yes, we gained a new and trusted comrade <laughs> whose name is Steve Stewart. <laughs> Stewart. And after giving him a small pep talk, I immediately made him go to sleep. Yeah, it was weird. He's having a weird and dream. I, uh, yeah, well, even though I'm in the dreamlands currently, I'm just accepting all as just a bizarre dream. I don't actually quite realise how real this will be. Well, I'm just the safe crash course. Yeah. I'm being with this. Yeah, the dreamland's pretty course. good for that sort of thing. I'm, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm being uh, ignorant. The important thing. I'm being ignorant and just say, yeah, yeah, fine. You started it's a dream. with Lord Zilch. Oh yes, we actually started with Lord Zilch. I now have the dream compass once more. Okay. And then we met General Tom, who passed on his thanks for Blackjack to pass on to Scott, and then said. Salat, And we have no idea what that means, really, other than, obviously, the obvious. And then we went to the Great Library. And, of course, we promised to not ask any questions before getting that. Mm. He was being a cat. During the meanwhile, um, we... That is... Dr. Aaron. Dr. Partykill. (laughs) Yeah, him. Uh, And me, Scott, we were going to see... Going to keep our appointment with... uh, Tremona. Antonio um, Tremona. They went, went to Tremona, to he gave them Winkleman's diary and told them some interesting facts that there have been other people asking after after it. Yes, yes. we think that the bad people might be a little bit ahead of us on this one. So I made the sensible precaution of letting our most presently most active, powerful party member, Anya, know that uh, this would happen by telephoning the hotel and asking them to give her a message. But we have been allowed to borrow the diary that was left by um, by Winkleman. Winkleman, so we have that to peruse. And then on the way back to the hotel now. Yeah. Meanwhile, Anya. So I'd made a fresh batch of my homemade remedy for um, cursed aches and pains. For yeah, for for curse related aches and pain. <laughs> And administered it in the usual fashion to Scott, but it didn't work. Oh yeah, that didn't work on me, which was really annoying, because I want to play with my swords. <laughs> so I uh, spent the day researching from the cultist Maleficarum and found out that it's probably because the power of the curse has grown so strong that the, this particular spell doesn't work against anymore. You now have three pieces of the Sedefke Sirilaka. Yeah. So um, talk, I've talked to Zobel and he's come up with a solution, but... It involves putting a little bit of himself inside everyone to administer protection, and that might get horrific over time. So I'm going to talk to them about that later. Uh, Then I received a phone call, but it wasn't the one that the doctor made. Instead, it said that you should go to this house and this particular address. So I carefully wrote down the address of the house I'm going to and left it on a pad by the phone. (laughs) Uh, and got in a taxi to go there, and I just noticed that the man driving the taxi was the same man I'd seen a day earlier. Ooh. Specifically, who was a police officer a day earlier, not a taxi driver. Yeah, no, he... that was the big thing. Yeah, sorry, that was, yeah, that. 
Yeah. And Ruth. Ruth finished off um, in the dreamland, um, the feast with the kings, and nearly got a boon, but got to wait for that. And then um, after breakfast, was going to go out to do some shopping. Oh, and actually the reason we're in Ulfa, other than just inducting Stuart, is we're going to find out what language is on the Doctor's book. And hidden in the. Um, I'm not sure stone. we want to know! <laughs> Previously on Horror on the Orient Express. We were still in the library yes. when. Yeah. Craig wrote a pretty poem. Yes, yeah. I did. I read a book on uh, Dreamlands for Dummies. Craig found out that all mankind was created by the Elder Things by reading the Elder Script around. The Rosetta Stone. Which means that other things must have been in contact with humanity about 2,000 years ago. You have agreed to write works of your novel so that you can get boons and translations from the library. Yeah, I, I will get the translation of the combinations of appliance in exchange for the book I was going to write anyway. Meanwhile, having visited the, uh, uh, you know, the Winkleman place, um, we went back to the hotel armed with the diary that we attempted to translate. It took a little while, and after a while we noticed that uh, Anya had not returned, or was not there in the first place, and that we discovered that she had apparently gone out after us, um, thinking at First, that this was just a misunderstanding. It turned out that it was something altogether more sinister. So, after having spent a bit of time translating and not being too worried, we were shown a note um, that explained the address uh, that Anya had gone to. Uh, And so we decided that maybe we had better, just to be on the safe side, because it had been a couple of hours to investigate that. We also discovered during that time that the message that we had sent had been written down correctly by the people at the hotel. So they had received the correct message, but the message that had got passed on to Anya was incorrect. How mysterious. So, what actually happened was, uh, I was in the taxi uh, where we left it at the end of the previous game, and I'd been rendered unconscious by dark sorceries. And I woke up in the basement of this house that we were going to. And I'd been locked in a magical cage and Zobel had been locked in a magical bell jar. And uh, we were briefly aggravated by members of the cult of the skinless who did a bit of gloating and said they were going to take my skin uh, and basically impersonate me and fool all these other guys into thinking they were me and lead them into a terrible trap. And then their master returned who uh, made a point of, you know saying pretty much the same things. And uh, then he got shot through the heart by two of my friends, Fritz and Luisa, who are also friends of Uncle Otto, who came to, um, who came to help out. Uh, and they shot him and they shot the other people upstairs, um, let me out of the cage, and uh, then the, the master who'd been shot through the heart came back to life and splashed away on the floor like a squid and got out of the place so we didn't get him. Uh, And then Scott and the Doctor arrived and in order to make them feel better about themselves um, I pretended to knock myself out and started a fire so that they would be able to rescue me from it which they did after a fashion. Then we went back to the hotel. We then woke up from our escapades in the library 
just as they got back. And then, as we um, after Anya said she noticed someone following, uh, pictures flew at us. So everyone finally believed me that we should leave the hotel. Yes. We left the hotel. Uh, on the way to the new hotel, I uh, gave a brief description of... Um, of, not Hitler. Of not Hitler, of a man who uh, I told everyone it would be very kind of them if they killed him for me. But I didn't really give them any more details than that. We arrived, like, we arrived at the new hotel? Yes. And we were served dinner up in uh, the new suite. Dinner took a turn for the Wibbly. Yes. A poltergeist yes. has been following us from the previous hotel, it seems. Yeah, so all sorts of weird stuff started happening. Our cheer- chairs started flying up in the air. We were uh, assaulted by pictures. Our chicken turned into maggots. And all sorts of stuff that we didn't like. And uh, Anya left the room kind of early on in this to see if she could uh, figure out a plan. Yeah, I, I cast the Vorish sign, uh, which didn't really seem to help. And then Chester came and found me and told me that it was definitely a poltergeist we were dealing with, which meant that my plans were useless. So uh, we returned to the room. Meanwhile, I was being very confused and looked across the room and saw that whatever it was that was following us matched the description. It, uh, I saw a ghostly figure, and this figure, it seemed, was the thing that Anya told, warned us about. And I flipped out. And oh, ran, the window! And, ran <laughs> for, and decided I need to leave immediately via the window on the top floor of a building. Everybody pretty much tried to run for the dock at this point, but none of us made it. No, and I fell out the window. When so, yes, what? I was going to say, when I realised that um, the doctor was falling, <laughs> I thought about summoning a Bayaki to catch him. And then, as far as I'm aware, a Bayaki caught him. So now I think I might be the most powerful sorcerer to ever have lived? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> Except that's not actually what happened. What happened is, is that as I was falling, I thought, I'm, I need something to save me. So I just fiddled with my magic box at random. And um, a monstrosity appeared, uh, which was not whatever that thing is. A night, a night yeah, ball. It was a, a night ball. Night ball. Night ball. I don't know what that is. The, it, it has taken me off to parts unknown. And so the, the doctor has lost, oh, so much sanity. Anything exciting happened to you, train driver man? I booked a hotel suite. And he was there too. (laughs) (laughs) Where we started off, uh, the doctor had gone mad and leapt from a window where he'd been been caught by a night gaunt and pulled into the dreamlands, into nightmare. So we decided as a group to try and get him back using Reggie's compass. Yep. Everything was going quite well. Until the very final part of a transition where I failed a sanity roll and everyone got scattered around a nightmare forest. Except me, I was nice and safe but completely shell-shocked back in the room at the hotel. Yay. So we were all in separate places, um, but the, the, forest, the, yeah. the journey through the forest in the end turned out to be pretty short. First of all, I ended up rescuing... Um, Chester from a bunch of goblins and uh, uh, Sobel helped us out with that and so we all joined up and meanwhile I found myself in a, like a little swamp but uh, with the amazing uh, uh, spot hidden rolls I managed to find a great safe path and I found myself at a pagoda with 
Oberon, the king of the fairies, who not only bestowed upon me the power of gardening. Uh, I'd been uh, attacked by uh, the same night court that got the doctor, but I managed to fight it off. And then uh, the doctor was unconscious nearby, so I threw a rock at him to wake him up, and that worked. And we were brought back to the same plateau with um, King Oberon, and we went back to the hotel. The hotel. So we decided that we'd go, we'd have a night's sleep and deal with the poltergeist in the morning. The night's sleep went interestingly. Everyone who tried to go to sleep had weird things going on. But we all just my, got, yeah, but yeah. we all just went fuck it. Um, we had people who had creaking cupboards. Reggie slept in the bathtub. <laughs> and the image of Bacchus kept on turning up throughout the whole of this, which will be important later. The most intriguing, though, was. In Scott's room, yes. which started freezing over. It started freezing up, more images of Bacchus, and also it all seemed to be coming from the diary, the book that we'd got Dog, um, Dr. earlier. Winkleman, wasn't it? Yeah, Winkleman's mm. diary. And so I came to tell uh, Chester about this because he was the one that had uh, been interested in doing the seance and all of that business. And uh, we just decided that we'd uh, I'd move into his room and we would try and deal with this in the morning. So we'd just stay away from the cold room. Uh, but during the night, the diary somehow moved from that room to between us. Probably it was just the poltergeist doing that. Uh, Chester got a bit frozen. A little bit. Yeah, so Chester had that with hypothermia. <laughs> Um, and then was treated with the expert medical <laughs> assistance <laughs> from Dr. Renard. Mm-hmm. I, I did some wonderful medicine and, and Almost removed got two of his hit points in the process. <laughs> <laughs> um, doctor. <laughs> was let me sit where I was. Um, we, we then sort of decided that, that maybe we should stop ignoring the poltergeist at this point because it was refusing to leave us alone. So we decided to hold a seance. There and then. Yeah. And we did. Uh, so we were allowed to ask three questions we discovered after the first question. We were of course asking these questions uh, to Stuart, who had been possessed by the poltergeist in the seance. Thanks to a failed role! Yeah. Hey. Um, uh, I, before we asked any questions, all, the only thing I could say was Marco Polo and Bacchus repeatedly. Yeah. But the good thing is we did get some clarifying information on what we needed to do, which was to take the amulet, the amulet that had been mentioned in Winkleman's diary, presumably, um, to... Lahorga. Lahorga. And that would sort this whole thing out, apparently. Um, and using the Bacchus and Marco Polo clues, we found... Who found the road... The um, big cultigus ev- just told it to us. Everyone but Chester went to um, the uh, La Via Marco yeah. Polo. Yes, yeah, so in that road um, there was this uh, villa kind with of. a kind of fresco thing which depicted Bacchus. Bacchus. Uh, and so we thought, well, that seems obviously the place. So I kicked the door down. <laughs> Reggie stumbled through. Yeah. And inside of it, in the basement, we saw the ghost again of, uh, obviously now, of Winkleman. It appeared a lot clearer, uh, showing us uh, where the amulet had been hidden, um, as was also described in the diary. Um, and so we, uh, we pried it open with our readily prepared crowbar. Yes! Thank you, train engineer! <laughs> and... <laughs> 
uh, and, and got the amulet. I look, examined the amulet closely and that helped me have some revelation, <coughs> Cthulhu mythos, um, <laughs> where I realised that the, um, the Lorgar are uh, a nasty alien race from Andromeda who inhabit the caverns of this region uh, and they are working in secret to gather magical artefacts to free Ithaqua from his prison in Antarctica. So um, we are kind of dithering about whether giving them this magical amulet is a great idea or not. Because they might have pieces of the Sedefka Simulacrum. Yeah. So we're kind of we're kind of going to try to play them for chumps, and you know that's going to backfire catastrophically. Well, you know, we, we can mm. all just go in guns a blazing. Or that too. Meanwhile, yes, meanwhile, Chester had decided to take the morning off and recuperate, while enjoying yet another cup of fine uh, British tea. Noticed it had been drugged with peppermint. With peppermint. <laughs> um, Brian locked the door, and we heard people trying to get in. So me, Brian, and Grace, Grace uh, escaped down the fire exit and tried to get to the train, got lost, and then <laughs> captured. Yeah, this is the part where uh, he rolled a 100 and said, oh, navigation, that's not the worst part to get a 100 on. And you walked into a trap. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All that happened was I got... I had to surrender versus other times where it's taken over my mind. That yeah. was a bad 100. <laughs> so um, we decided that the easiest way to the cavern where they live is 50 miles away and the easiest way to get there is to use the Orient Express so we ran through the streets of Chiest being chased by hundreds of villagers who were trying to kill us or simultaneously fighting off um, an army of Turks who are also trying to kill us um, you'd think this would have caused an international incident by now. it's probably fine so uh, we we uh, heavily bribed Emil to switch us to a cargo train with our Orient Express baggages and we're it's on our World way. War Two, I tell you. Yeah, <laughs> we might have accidentally started World War Two. It's possible. And we just started the train and pulled out of the station when Turks with scimitars leapt onto the train, shouting, "Give me the amulet, Arika!" Well, a lot happened in this one. We started on the train with all the villagers and all the cultists. Um, I was at the front of the train because I needed to control it. Uh, the guy who stole the amulet was running on the top of the train, back down the train. I tried to give chase, but other people got in the way. Okay. Then to you. So, basically, what was happening at this point is that there was a massive fight because loads of people had uh, got onto the train from all sorts of sides. Mm. So it was not only um, just villagers, it was fez people and wizards they were fighting each other and they were fighting us it was just a massive barney going on so uh, i was with anya at the back of the train um trying to uh, get to the swords uh and we so i got the sword rushed out uh, sliced one of the villagers while the other one shot me i got quite badly hit by that uh ultimately ultimately what happened to me was my plan was to um should we do a blow-by-blow blow of the fight, or should we just sum up? I think sum we up, should sum, sum up. it. Well, you okay, should, you okay so, so my, my path through the fight was that uh, I was with Scott. Uh, some stuff happened to Scott. I um, tried to attack one of their magic casters, but he put a spell on Zobel, which turned him into a ball of... Um, like, like a crystal ball. So um, I dragged Zobel into the vault where I was hiding, broke the... Um, Broke the, the crystal on him with a uh, 
bashing him with a bit of the Sadefka simulacra and then got him to blow out the side of the train and jumped out with him. Now, while this was happening, the, uh, the villagers that have been killed were starting to kind of split into weird tentacle monsters. And uh, I was uh, running and trying to slash at some of them, uh, but they grabbed me and... Uh, uh, and so I couldn't use my magic sword on them anymore for, for quite some time. And meanwhile, other stuff was happening. I tried to fight off quite a few of the people, but we ended up finding them very hard to kill. Either they regenerated themselves or they turned into further monsters. At one point I got thrown out of the train and got back on. I ended up having to rescue Scott from one of these monsters um, by helping get it off him. Um, and eventually... All of us who were on the back half of the train made it to the second carriage. And we had to because... What was the reason that we had to make it to right. the second carriage? Right, yeah, because uh, I was fiddling around um, at the front of the train because I was trying to drive it and chase the guy with the amulet. I initially had to run back to the front of the train because the boiler had been shut off, so I had to release the pressure. I then tried to give a chase with the guy taking the amulet. As we went into a tunnel, he died and dropped the amulet into the carriage. Uh, and what? that's when I saw, because uh, Anya and Co- uh, Zobel had jumped off the train <clears throat> and fell under it, but uh, he, uh, Zobel had protected Anya, and the final carriage of the train was buckling and bending upwards. So we all had to get off that carriage, and I released it manually, and it was released from the train and crashed. Crashed. Um, basically, for the whole fight almost, uh, Reginald and Emil, the conductor, were stuck in the foregun with the weapons. Now, this would be good in normal circumstances, except there was an absolute clusterfuck of a fight going on outside between fezzes and tentacle monsters and the villagers who turned into tentacle monsters. We held them off until eventually we saw the amulet that has previously been mentioned fall and land hooked around one of the windows from flapping around, at which point I dashed out, grabbed it, dashed back in, and then started using the compass to try, the dream compass to try and get myself and Emil out of there with the amulet. Which you eventually did. Which I eventually did after we got completely side crunched practically by the big wizardy dude who was on the Fez's side. So the big important thing that happened next was... Uh, we, with everybody, the, the last guy who belonged to the Fez decided to go... When he, and disappear, leaving just the good guys on the train. We decided, to, myself and um, Stuart. Stuart ran forward to the train to try and stop it because we knew we were heading down a sighting which was going to run out eventually. When we got to the train controls, Stuart threw the brakes, but we saw that we weren't going to make it. Um, he blew the whistle to abandon train. So we all bundled it off the train in Different various bundles, heaps. Yeah. Yes. Um, Ru- and... Ru- Ruth made it successfully. Yes. She was quite unscathed. Uh, you were very unscathed. I jumped off just as the train was entering the platform, di- dived into a roll and legged it. I jumped off gracefully enough, but I did not uh, manage to avoid the ensuing shrapnel shrapnel from the uh, from the crash, and it really killed me. Um, I jumped off and miraculously did not die when I really should have done because I was right at the front of the train. Hmm. Um, 
Then what happened is is that Scott woke up on the train uh, on yes. Dreamlands Express. I, I woke up on the Dreamlands Express. Oh yeah, yeah. Ch- Chester, Chester, hang on. Yeah, Chester. before half of this oh. happened. Oh right, Chester. I had spent um, most of the fight running back and forth between people who were getting away, and I tried to chase. Um, after the carriage at the back got blown off, I ran to the front one, saw one of the fez blood skeletal monster things and apparently jumped out of a window and squished under the train gross Wait. but you woke up in the dreamlands you oh, just, yes. you're just not yeah yeah and so um, i woke up in the dreamlands express uh and blackjack was there and he was like oh you totally died and i was like yeah i guess i did um and he decided that he would call his uh his dad tom to uh to help out, and uh, so his dad turned up. He's like, "Well, there's, I guess, what cat do you like?" And I was like, "That's a weird question, but I guess a lynx." Um, and then some other stuff happened. I woke up on the steps. Was told by the high priest I was no longer solid, so I sent a dream message to Reggie. Uh, meanwhile, Anya. Um, I woke up in a four-poster bed floating in space uh, where Zobel had taken me because I'd been horribly mauled by uh, falling under the train as I tried to get the pieces of the Sefka Sunarka away. Um, and, but he mentioned now that I'm alive again, but I'm not really human. I haven't really delved into that. We'll probably come back to that. Maybe that might come up. Yeah, maybe. And I woke up in the real world, uh, apparently still alive, much to the surprise of the doctor, who noticed that I was healing at a very extraordinarily fast uh, rate. And then I guess we're over to Reggie again, who, with the compass, he didn't actually manage to do a proper seamless transfer and had ended up in the midst of all of the most powerful cultists, it seemed. He botched a deal together with them to get the next leg of the Sadafka Simulacrum off them in exchange for the amulet that, if given to them, would end the world. Needless to say, once he realised this, he ended up scarpering using the compass with the amulet and the leg. They now cannot walk anymore. But, in the process, managed to take the whole party to Camelot, basically. Uh, The king of Camelot identified me as uh, Sir Lancelot. Uh, Something to do, we think, with the sword. Um, And uh, also identified me as a cat. I don't look like a cat, but that's what the king thinks. And he probably knows what he's talking about because it is King Arthur. Yes. So at that point, uh, Chester was also uh, brought back... uh, Reggie dreamed uh, Chester back, and now... Now we're we're back on the train. Well, we don't know where we are just yet. We're back on the Dreamlands Express. We were sent back to the Dreamlands Express. Oh, were we? Okay. Because because I wasn't allowed to go return to Cthulhu. And I've never been on the Dreamlands Express, so I need a ticket. (laughs) Now we just need to figure out what to do with this mess. (laughs) Um, oh, well, and Emil came with us. So. Oh yeah, Emil passed out because he wanted to go to Belgrade. Instead. I'm going to have to start flying everywhere. Previously on Horror on the Orient Express. Recap. So, uh, we did in fact not begin where we thought we were going to begin, back on the Dreamlands Express. But instead we began slightly back in time 
still in the um, what's it called? Cthulhu. Cthulhu, yeah, yeah. That's the one. With King Arthur. Yeah, so we spent a little more time there, um, having some fun. I met uh, Queen Shaharazad. Thank you. <laughs> um, who, who is the um, writer of the A Thousand One Nights, who apparently is a fan of my work. Um, she gave me an original copy of her book, may contain many secrets, and gave me some tips on my writing, and we had a really nice time. And I am a full-on cougar in that world now. By which we mean a cat, not a prowling 40s. <laughs> 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 that happened too. Yes. Well, it depends what mood I am in. <laughs> so, uh, having spent some time there, we decided what we were going to do next. Oh, I, while I was there, visited Merlin, who helped me decipher the book, finally, and tell me that... I didn't need to bother doing the whole translation malarkey after all. Sorry, sorry Harold. Um, it turns out that... You kill me and you waste my time. Yes. <laughs> so it turns out that that was all already translated anyway, and he helped me find some additional spells and mechanics in it, so that's all pretty cool. On so well, but, well, we, we got warned uh, upon leaving that there would be some woman at a station who would be tr- fleeing from some men... Uh, and she didn't want to be with them, and uh, uh, and we got transported back into a bus, and it was as if we'd been there all along, and we could even remember what had happened in the intervening period, sort of. Um, it was kind of weird, but anyway, we ended up at the um, at the station where we saw this woman that was mentioned running off, called Jasmine, who was a daughter of a famous architect. And um, she was fleeing from people that um, were after her or her father. Um, And so she then came back with us. So, at this point, we decided to split the party. Yeah. Before that, we should probably say um, the whole thing with the police and... Oh, yeah, she held a press conference. Yes. And was very surprisingly diplomatic. Yeah. 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 Um, and he sort of uh, answered some questions but didn't give too much away about what we were up to and denied that we had possession of any fascinating relics. Of course. Um, and so then we decided to split the party and uh, the way that we split it is that three people would go back to the train wreck and try to recover the items there with the assistance of some police and those people were... Myself... Doctor Ruth and Stuart. And Stuart and also Emil as well. Yes, Emil's going very well as well. While the other group, which consisted of myself and also Chester and Reggie, went to investigate this new angle with the famed archaeologist and his uh, uh, runaway daughter. Um, and <laughs> the next morning, I believe, is where we get to now, really. Reggie got a note from Anya stating she's okay but on the run with Fritz and Louisa and something else. Dun dun dun. What? So, <laughs> um, so where do we get after this? Um, we're on the journeys to our respective. L- destinations 
Um, but uh, you guys managed to find a bookshop. Yes, we, yes. We, bookshop. We have discovered that we are on a good old-fashioned treasure hunt with clues leading to further clues and more riddles. Yes, we've managed to reacquire a copy of the. Kafat Aquadingan. Which just happened to be lying around in the library. Not the same copy, but uh, identical edition. Um, and uh, we got various other books as well. And uh, some clues. Yes, mm-hmm. more clues from the book that we were supposed to pick up there. Which was the um, the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. Yep. Which had been... Put in reserve for the archaeologist's daughter. No, yeah, no. Dr. Jerome and Morick. Yes, and there we go. Yeah, um, and it's his daughter Jasmine. Jasmina. Jasmina. Oh yes, Jasmina. Yes, that's correct. So, um, so we're being sent on a um, a goose chase. It may be tame or wild. We're not sure yet. Geese were chased. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side, uh, we're just having a really nice time on the train. And yeah. <laughs> Drinking, eating, reading lots of books. Although I am finding that this amulet that we uh, acquired last session is, um, well, it it seems to be spawning icy cold winds and howling wolf noises that only I'm hearing at the moment. It's a bit peculiar. But it's probably nothing. (laughs) (laughs) We went to the bookshop and got a copy of... Um, the Kafat Aquadingan again? Well, I was going to start with Jasmina's father's favourite book. That too. In which there was yet another note. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also picked up a copy of the uh, Kafat Aquadingan again, and a book which has uh, Stuart's amulet in. Mm-hmm. After that, we went and collected the package. Yep, the package at the baths. Which... Well, not the baths, the park, which had the key, which we then used at the storage place. Uh, and it were m- many of the artifacts from the dig site itself. Yeah. Uh, which had many interesting things, particularly some sort of magic stone which imbues protection. One of the pieces of silver that was given to Judas <coughs> Iscariot. Yeah. Uh, and there was, and most importantly, probably, the doctor's... Uh, journal, yes, which mentioned about a dagger, the some sort of closet, yeah, which is supposedly very very evil. Yeah, we went to the dig site next. No, we went to try and find Jasmina's uncle Goron. Yeah. Goron the Destroyer. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a destroyer's name. Come on. Um. He wasn't there, so we're going to see him tomorrow. Yeah. Instead, we went to the dig site. We found a sarcophagus there, which looks like it had a place to put the stone that I found. And it looks like it was being used to seal away this dagger. Mm-hmm. But the dagger is no longer there. Ooh. We also found a secret passage. And that led us to where the Brothers of Knights of the Shield were buried, as well as some other archaeological bits and bobs, but nothing of significance, unfortunately, as far as we can tell. Meanwhile, in Team Train, or Train Recovery, we've made it to the tunnel, and we started investigating, and Ruth found her dark room. Yeah, and um, wardrobe with some of Anya's stuff in it as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We found Anya. Or what was left of Anya. Yeah. We found the safe, which had been 
blown out from the inside, presumably when the Sadaka pieces flew out of it. And we found the scimitar, we found the books. Found the scroll of the head. Yep, and we found the Comte Fenelic. Would you like to explain what happened there, Dr. Renard? Yes, what then happened is that then suddenly Emile tipped up, along with some guards, only it wasn't really Emile anymore. It was strange, possessed Emile, along with some very strange, possessed guards, and they started attacking Ruth. So I naturally went in gun blazing and sword wielding to protect them, completely forgetting Reggie's pieces of advice. Um, and then I shot Stuart in the back. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> Dr. Renard has become possessed by the Comte Fenelic, so I started wielding the sword in his general direction and severed the link between Comte Fenelic and the Doctor for now, at the very least, and kept flinging the sword in the Comte's general direction. Well, I carried on taking photographs. Yeah, the fo- lights uh, would seem to weaken it slightly. Uh, eventually, when it uh, shoved its claws through my chest and sent me unconscious, I managed to get one final strike to banish it for now. It's not dead. Yes, I um, managed to, just in time, to be absolutely useless, mm-hmm. activate my cube and turn it into some kind of interesting futuristic weapon. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet. Nope. I'm going to do that. He's still got it in the bag, though. Yeah. Um, um, and then he succeeded a medicine roll. I succeeded a medicine roll and stabilised Stuart and he is getting better now. Yes, I'm in bed. Uh, and we're on our way back and I I am reading The Whispering Fairs, one of the two books we discovered, uh, well, re- recovered rather. Um, and yeah. And I started reading The Scroll of the Head and got a load of information about the other scrolls and uh, the other aspects, uh, and some of the other weirdness involved around the... Yeah, Fez. And that was basically it for Team Friend. Oh, and Reggie had tried to cheat his way through reading the Aquadingham, and... Instead, accidentally learn all of the dark secrets of the dreamlands, like, for example, human... Dreams and everything being channeled into uh, unknowable Kadaf, and that the crawling chaos is feeding off of all of it, and has nearly all of the gods trapped, etc., etc., so on and so forth, and had a wonderful time. Recap. Right. Um, <laughs> we just got. We just arrived uh, in the in the town on the train. Um, I have now been promoted to conductor. Ooh. I've now replaced Emil. Um, and your main job is my main job is basically to make sure that nobody dies uh, and look after the party basically um, I've also taken some time to start reading The Whispering Fez because no one else knows anything about it we met up with the party and the first thing Reggie tried to do is oh well once Reggie found out that it was effectively all Dr. Reynard's fault that Emil had died <gasps> he lunged for him Emil. he lunged for him because uh, Anya, oh, Anya, 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 Anya arrived and revealed that he was a vampire and was holding a stake yeah so Reggie tried to use it yes um, this caused a bit of a kerfuffle after some shenanigans <laughs> Anya did a protection ward on me to basically binding, no. oh, binding, binding. Anya, I don't know what these words mean. Anya now basically owns Doctor Reynard. Yes. Anya um, isn't evil; she's pragmatic. And uh, now, basically, um, 
has control over me, and this was useful later on, but we'll get to that. Um, so, after a bit of an argument, we all decided to settle things later on. Um, People at- went out shopping. Yes, you and Annie went, went out, out shopping, shopping. and I went out dresses. shopping for some... So we all went out to get some clothing and... Oh, I got my dark room fixed. You got your dark room fixed and I got Me, some more medical supplies. Reggie and Scott went to have our lunch dates mm-hmm. and learned not a great deal, uh, but we have uh, learned that he had a hunting lodge nearby, his shotgun was missing, so... That's the lead we're sort of going. But we did also reveal that we were in possession of the artefacts to this oh, yes. doctor we were meeting, we which reveal. in hindsight might not have been such a good idea. Indeed, because while I was at the hospital, first of all, I was accosted by a woman who we think was possessed by the cons again, trying to take control of me. Um, I was able to resist, um, and she was arrested and taken away. Um, However, I also overheard while I was there some strange goings-on about the doctor that these guys were going and having tea with. He was spending a lot of time in his lab and missing a lot of his work, which was strange. A research lab, specifically. Mm. Um, Giant boar beast. Someone said something about going to... We met back up at the hotel. Yes, and we started... Talking about what we'd found out. Oh, and yes. I saw an article about someone who'd cited um, a large monster which had a boar head when that exact monster then went flying through the window. This caused some sanity checks and some rather <laughs> significant sanity fails. Yeah. That Especially three, eventually three critical failures on sanity alone. There's many failures to come. So, yes. the people who failed, reel off exactly what your fail entailed. My yeah. fail involved copying other people. So, when Scott ran out of the room to pick up his sword, I just followed out after him and was being all a bit weird. Um, mine, mine depends on you. Well, my fail said that I needed to either defeat or escape these beasts with literally any means necessary at no regards for cost or safety. My, at some point during this, um, he ended up with fairy glitter wings. I then got a temporary uh, sexual attraction to fairy winged wedgie. Now, just (laughs) as the first beast was being defeated, I had another significant critical fail on my sanity, which turned it to literally destroy these beasts at any cost, literally whatsoever, destroy, destroy. So I used the compass and the key together and accidentally opened, or one of the earlier actions, I had opened a portal to Kafuria by accident, and now I accidentally shifted the portal to be pointing straight at unknowable Kadath. This was not good. Uh, no. Whilst we were fighting and before the portal became super evil, uh, I discovered more about my fairy gardening ability. Uh, I picked up a plant pot and managed to make it grow so fast it threw thorns at the beast, so that's a good thing. Yes. Uh, then I tried to use it to block up the portal so nothing evil would come out of it, but that didn't really work. No, Anya was doing pragmatic. Was doing her normal thing and managed to liquefy one of the beasts with a killing word. This shook a lot of us out of our Insanity. insanities. Um, I was like, um, "What the blah blah blah," um, but Anya basically 
dominated me and yep. request and told me <coughs> to uh, kill the thing. So I ran back into the room and started setting my cube to gun mode. And it's about this point that Set, one of the avatars of Nyarfotep, decided that he was going to ignore these little vines that were blocking the portal and come striding out. And then... Oh, the... uh, just before that, actually, I after I got snapped out, I saw where that portal was going, realised it was a very, very, very bad place, oh, yeah. and made... Uh, spur of the moment attempts to fix things so I saw Reggie about to join the key with the compass oh yeah I leapt up and used the stone of protection on the compass in a desperate hope that it will combine with the portal opening abilities and protect things it failed all it managed to do was block Reggie from using the compass to instantly close the portal it was it was a very instantaneous attempt at reaction it was yeah, it was a failure. You snapped out of crazy town. Yeah, yeah. you then decided to jump out of the window because you were scared. No, um, I bounced off. Oh yeah, you bounced yes. off mm. and landed, I was hanging and hanging off the flagpole. Um, we then all started attacking the Alpha Tep with our yeah. various Ruth, weapons. Ruth with guns, Scott and Stuart and, uh, with uh, swords. And I used my big space gun, which was very effective and very cool. Yeah. I managed uh, to close the portal, but then pretty much instantly got coup de grade by Nyalfotep. Uh I'm probably dead. I thought it was Seth. Yeah, we don't, we don't Seth. know. It, no, I know it was an avatar of Nyalfotep. Yeah. Oh, oh. Um, yeah, we... Although although we've been informed Reggie is dead, like we don't know how yeah. or why. My character sheet hasn't been taken yet. Let's just so, say that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, the battle continued for a while. Um, Zobel decided to start performing the same move he'd performed on the train, the total room destruction. Big bada boom. Oh yeah, thing. the big compression ball. So Anya grabbed hold of me and teleported me to the roof garden where we awaited the imminent explosion. I got back into the room, saw what was going on, saw Reggie's body uh, near where the structure was before. I will grab him and take him as far to the edge as possible to perhaps survive this. Yeah. Yes. Scott and I tried to keep uh, set as distracted as long as possible. Oh, and Ruth, uh, to keep him as distracted as long as possible while Zerbal was charging. But thankfully the portal was closed and we did manage to defeat the Avatar without having to use Zerbal's attack. And then Reggie was dead. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. So Reginald was dead. Super, super dead. Yes. But not. Yes. Um, he was really dead, and we investigated this. But as it turned out, uh, he had actually been taken in soul form to Neafatep's court. We know this because a dude turned up and invited us to come along and watch. Bumbled into an obvious trap. But yes, we uh, did it on the grounds that he would have probably done the same for us in this circumstance. Damn uh, right he would. Except for me. No, he yeah. would have for you even, I think, at this point. I think he probably would have, actually. Oh, but, um, anyway. But anyway, we ended up in this court drama, which took up the uh, bulk of Everything. the remainder of this episode. <laughs> uh, so it, the court itself was sort of a farce where we get... We each got called to the witness stand by um, the chosen of Reggie, who was... 
me. The curveball. Yes. Complete curveball. And it was. You know, so I was acting as his defense. And Nyarthotep then began to call up each person in turn. But the rules were being made up as they went along, basically. So, first of all, we weren't all allowed to plea for the same verdict. So, only a few of us could plea for his life. And then a few of us would be able to plea for him being able to. getting sent. Back as a dream forever. And there was also the options yeah. of he could just die in and a natural fashion, on. or he could die and become a servant of nothing. Well, no, 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 no. It was die yes. and just become yeah. nothing. Yes. And well. the alternative to pleading and testifying was to offer something. Um, Anya, who took the stand first, offered her newest possession the doctor. The doctor. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, <Anna. laughs> Thanks now, a whole bunch. I'm not going to hold that against you whatsoever. To cut a long story short, uh, three people pled for his life. Um, that includes myself, and it also includes... Stuart. And Ruth, uh, who uh, made a very strong case, mostly based around him being a completely bumbling imbecile who uh, would cause no manner of problems for the party and amusement for Nialhotep if he were returned to life. Uh, Other people uh, pled for him to remain in the dreamlands. Those people being Chester, Harold, who was present, along with Henry the Conductor and various other key figures from the dreamlands who were mostly there to watch. Reggie himself got a chance to plead as well. But could I not... pleaded for death. After having been informed what happens to those who pled life or dream. Yes, we yes. weren't told this before, but yeah. anyone who pled life was going to die, and if anyone who pled dream was going to be removed from the fabric of dream, if in fact was granted. So it, it was quite the conundrum, and to cut a even longer story short, um, hijinks ensued... <laughs> As we made various attempts to escape, uh, uh, escape, all of which ended up in failure, and one of which ended up with the dream compass being crushed and then turned into into a dream pocket watch with my initials on it, which is quite frankly a little concerning. And we don't know what it does. Be afraid. No one has any returns to you, removed from you. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile. The architect decided that at the end of it, he was going to pick sending Reggie back to life. So it was then implied that the three people who had voted for this were going to have to give up their life. Those people being Stuart, Ruth and Scott. However, once this was decided, uh, we then had the opportunities to force some shenanigans. Scott decided to take Stuart on as a, a servant of cats. Yes. So... This meant that he could then check in with Henry, his luggage, yes. on the Dreamland, <laughs> on the Dreamland yes. Express. Which uh, earned him a ticket that he had not <laughs> been able to get so far. Yes. I was also hoping that because slightly earlier in the proceedings I had got Blackjack out of there, who was also with us, by using the mirror, uh, that I might be able to use that to help in, uh, in getting another boon uh, for, from Tom but, in uh, that way. 
But anyway, uh, the other shenanigans that oh, were ensuing... At the uh, yes, Ruth was also automatically uh, allowed to return to the train as a dream. Yes. Uh, using her ticket. Um, everybody else was returned to reality, except for Scott, who was reborn as Kitten in the Dreamlands. Yes, but I essentially have everything except for by knowing how to fight, and there was something else as well. Uh, your human body. Oh yes, the human body. <laughs> the, yes, the yeah. slightly <laughs> big thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, it's not so bad. I seem alright with that. Um, but the others had to work a little bit harder to, uh, to progress. So, what we did is, as soon as we got back to the real world, we decided to pop back into the dream world. And when we were there, we spoke with the guardians and Click and the other lots. And um, I had a boon that I had still with Zilch. So as long as he came up with, I came up with a good enough nightmare, which was for me um, the, for the Dreamland Express to crash and kill everybody on it, which would result in another women. So as a result, he granted me a hundred years of life back in the real world, which is pretty cool. Well, she's probably going to be the oldest woman alive at some point <laughs> in her life. Um, and meanwhile, there was some debate over whether or not it would be Harold or Stuart to return to the real world. The whole party, Stuart and Harold, discuss what would be best, and Harold can offer a little bit more, but they also don't want... He didn't want to... to to ruin Stuart's appearance or reputation, so they've decided that whilst wearing the bracelets in the real world, Harold will look like uh, Stuart and act as conductor in appearance, and then once the quest is all over, Harold will go back to the Dreamlands with Click, and Stuart can come back to the real world, mm. hopefully. We haven't quite worked out how believe- to do that, but that will be sorted. I believe this was made possible by Reggie... Dreaming them back into existence. Extreme uh, dream. Extreme, extreme dream. dream. And I believe Tom offered some kind of boon as well. Yes, but we didn't decide to. We we decided not to go with that. Oh yes. yes. Uh, it, there was there, an option. There was an option on the table where uh, if I went back to the the dreamlands after all this was done, then he would just grant uh, uh, Stuart grant Stuart life uh, again, but. We decided not to go with that option. Yes. So we got back to the real world where we discovered that while we'd all been having a lot of shenanigans, um, Brian had been taking care of things. <laughs> yeah, he was a bloody good... Um, who had The monsters who had originally invaded our hotel room um, were being controlled by the Doctor, as we had suspected. Um, and Brian took care of him and took off him the evil dagger. Which apparently uh, can kill the Comte Penelic. And Indeed. vampires. And all other vampires. Yeah. And probably lots of other things. So we have to decide what to do with it. Previously on the Horror on the Orient Express. Recap. We... Recap. Pre-cap. Recap. Recap. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we all were in the hotel. We all went to sleep and suddenly we were being transported uh, on uh, elephants back to the Dreamlands Express. We were pretty much uh, saying goodbye to King Thrones, and he, we were just saying goodbye, giving advice, because we're also very close to the Gulf of Nodens, so we, most of us pretty much made an artefact. I made 
the Wolseley family crest because my, I cannot go back to that life, so I want to be able to leave it behind. I don't want to forget my family, but I need to move on and embrace my new life. Anya and Zobel? Uh, Zobel explained to me what happened exactly when I was mulched by the train, uh, although I didn't entirely understand all of it because, you know, we don't really understand genetics that much now, but basically I'm in, like, a, a new body. Uh, and then he told me something of his backstory, you know, of how he was oppressed by the Elder Things, and he is some sort of control servitor. He's in charge of all the other ones, all the other little Shoggoths. And then, um, then Zobel made uh, his artifact that he's throwing in, which is to break all the chains controlling him which I'm a little iffy on but I think we're going to be okay I, I've got a I've got a good feeling good feeling oh yes he also mentioned that some of his people were in the Mediterranean and are available to assist <laughs> sounds a little ominous but whatever I explored the city a little bit got a few ideas came back to the train got Henry the conductor's help and made a dream artifact which I think will help me and that's about it, actually, for uh, what happened to me. I tweaked my dream artifact and had a nice time in the city, then had a nightmare and got a thing. Yeah, so most of us uh, had a nice relaxing time in the, the city that Uru stopped at as well. Um, I Oh, I sorted out a disguise that I could use. You've arranged a disguise. I've arranged a disguise that I can use uh while in the real world to not necessarily have to look like a cat just for convenience i also made an artifact and had a very nice time and we all got on the train and the train choked away and then suddenly some sort of boss fight dun, 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 dun. or at least dun. the platform on top of the train has turned from a lovely barbecue place to like a wide open square and Boss arena. Some sort of boss fight! Recap. So we started off with, uh, we were all at the Gulf of Nodens and we were all one at a time depositing our artifacts when suddenly lots of soldiers and cavalry appeared and started charging at the train because Karkarov wanted to offload his guilt for having a lot to do with World War One, and now they're all coming to attack him. I made a lightning rifle. A lightning rifle and shot a giant sorcerer. Yeah. Um, we had various beasts. We had two cannons appear, and we had to go and destroy the cannons. That kind of worked for a while. And you were dominating the cannon operator and use that to attack the sorcerer. Ooh, the sorcerer on top of the chantax. <laughs> we had the night lords who were driving the train uh, fly into our carriage to help us fend off. All of the soldiers, thus no one was driving the train. So the there train all, starts to slow down. There were also a whole ton of rats, uh, which the cats were fighting, but they were being hindered by a whole bunch of paperwork which had been thrown out of their suitcase of that um, spy guy who wanted to throw all of his secrets in, but he wasn't sure what to do. So uh, I helped him out with that by using a spell I made up called Destroy Paperwork. It unlocked the thing and he just threw his case in. And then he was able to start fighting the rats. Um, I used my cube to start trying to fire at various things, but my rifle skill is not very great, so I at one point accidentally shot the train. Uh, um, we discovered that each time the train got damaged, Henry was injured or knocked out temporarily, so we tried to avoid doing that. All while we lost carriage number three, we ended up with more impacts on our main carriage. Everything was being blown up. 
Um, Click and I uh, flew to the front of the train to try and drive it. Turns out it doesn't have levers or buttons. It has a a weird mouth and uh, brain matter which you have to touch and manipulate, which I had the pleasure of doing. Yeah, and it was about this time that the submarine showed up. (laughs) Yes. A submarine appeared and started to attack the train. It managed to blow a hole in the already damaged carriage three and disconnect it from the main train. So I told the train to stop moving so that they would reconnect again. Except they couldn't because they were still damaged. Um, While this was happening, I was attempting to help Bakarov in getting rid of his chest. The easiest way was to blow a hole in the wall to push it out. After a few attempts of this and signs fall over, um, the train tentacles grabbed me to pull me up, except because it was disconnected and they were hungry, it decided to try and put me in its mouth instead. I decided that the best thing to do was to head back and fix the linkage. However, other stuff was happening, such as Reginald falling. I went up onto the night gaunt, went zap, 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 zap. Uh, things happened. Sorcerer blew up my night gaunt. I fell in Metnodens. He also tried to offer you a deal. Uh, no, Nyarfatep tried to offer me a deal. Yes. Which oh. I went, no, 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 no. And Nodens was happy that I went, no, no, no. So he gave me a thing to help and put me back on the train. And basically it was all just about to end in a kind of writhing mess of tentacles and death and people being swallowed when... Imagine Bruja gave Anya her magical heart of power but said the best way to use the super powerfully is to fire it from darkness. And it was like, well, what did we get darkness from? So, uh, uh, But prior to this, oh yes. Zerbal had spent much of this fight casting a spell and when finished... Four of his friendly Shoggoths appeared. Oh yes, they, they had appeared and they had constructed a big cannon for us to use. Um, which we put the dark matter in. Which we put the dark matter in. So it was like, we need darkness, does anybody have some dark matter? And Reginald was all, hey, I got dark matter that Nodens gave me, use it. And then uh, we made Stuart appear to fire it. While that was happening, I was about to be eaten by the train. So I made myself ethereal, dropped through the train. You fell through the train and were falling down. The guys managed to load the cannon and fire it at the big sorcerer guy, it, uh, creating a black space and destroying him with Madame Bruce's heart powers. I used my light of restoration on my cube to link carriages two and three back together, relinking the train. This allowed me to calm the beasts down and grab him from underneath the beast and put him back on the train again. Yes. Uh, which point, weapon fired, everything lit on fire. And we woke up. And Anya has uh, Madame Bruges' heart in the real world. Recap. We woke up. Hello. And we were all better yeah. from the dream fights. We got on the Orient Express to Belgrade. We put all the books and uh, the Sadefki simulacrum pieces into the vault. But uh, later that day, they managed to reassemble themselves in Anya's bed. Oh, yeah. And Anya accidentally touched the chest. I brushed the booby of the Sadefki simulacrum, and now I have a tickly cough. Yep. And then when we were trying to sort the whole thing out, uh, the um, the limbs accidentally scattered and people touched them. Yes. yes. Uh, Harold got... has the left arm. I've got the left leg. I have the right leg. 
But otherwise, I think a fairly uneventful journey. Yeah, it was an uneventful journey. We mm-hmm. arrived and were accosted by loads of urchins. And a friendly man, question yes. mark, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, offered to help with the language and the finding the hotel. He recommended a particular hotel to us, which was different from the one that we were planning on going to. But it turned um, out to be quite nice. So. But it, yes, it turned out quite nice, and we decided to go and explore our various leads. Well, our one lead. Yeah. Um, we up. arranged for an appointment at the museum uh, to come back later, and in the meantime, we all went our separate ways to uh, go off and explore. So I went and um, explored the museum for a little while longer before heading out but we'll get back to me because meanwhile uh, the only thing I did was go into town and buy a staff because I lost the previous one I imbued with a gem uh, before Harold died before and I also got a, um, a fortune telling to tell me to be aware of my friend who is actually my enemy and Hello. beware of the one who is unseen and the three men who are as old as time. And I was given a small iron ring and a small ruby to protect me. And uh, a couple of you went to the library. Uh, within the library, uh, I found a book called The Liu, uh, which yeah. was poorly translated from Chinese into German and talked of the deep ones and the end days of the lost city of Mew. Also in the back I found something described as the wave of oblivion, which seems to be some sort of spell, so I've uh, yes, jotted down all the details for that so I can learn it. Then um, I found a book which seemed to be out of time in that it was published a couple of years too early. I tried to show this to everyone. Reginald didn't, had a bad reaction to this book. He kept insisting on waving this book, which is actually a really horrifying book in my face, and so I turned it into ash. But meanwhile... Oh, yes, then I, uh, I was wandering around further into the library, and I opened a book at random, and it contained a shard of glass, an evil, evil-looking glass that fell out and sliced me, and I, um, uh, like I got a very fine cut from it, but it caused me to disintegrate into a frothing Shoggoth blob of eyes and teeth and stuff. So I, I went a bit mad for a little while, but I, then I, I popped back to being normal, so everything was cool. I decided to keep the shard of glass and the book. I've pinched them, you know, just for further investigation. So while all of that was happening, uh, I wandered out into the town and happened upon a market stall that was selling various statues and things and what looked very much like the missing arm piece that we were after. But before I could get hold of it, a large turbaned ruffian um, intervened and grabbed it and ran off with it Uh, I gave chase eventually tracking him down to a courtyard somewhere but not approaching yet because I wanted to go and find the other guys I did run into Harold and Chester and Reggie and we came up with a plan to meet back there and try and intercept the arm it turned out that, in fact, this was... Bumbled into an obvious trap. Yes. And it was also um, a fake arm. So That's what makes it a trap. Yes, once we got there, uh, the man and several others uh, went to attack. But I was just out of sight in uh, Puma mode on the roof. Yes. Uh, and uh, upon realising it was a trap and we were getting ambushed, I uh, made a huge puff of fog appear and to hide us so that we could run away as one of them was about to swing at me with the 
fake arm, I turned into monkey, so he missed. And the arm smashed into a million pieces. We all met back at the museum, having successfully evaded the ambush. Uh, Although the others do not realise yeah, they have met. We were accosted by a dirty little monkey, which we kicked aside before we went back into the museum. Uh, meanwhile, in the museum, myself and Anya had a lovely meeting with the Doctor of Archaeology in there. Uh, I can't remember his name, but that's not important. He explained to us that he wasn't going to be much use in helping us find the pieces of the scroll because he'd mostly been dealing with statuary, and that we should head over the t- the town of uh, Orishatch, which is uh, a little train journey away, and speak to Father Christian Filopovich, uh, who is leading the discovery, uh, dig up the woodlands, and he has a team there helping him. So um, that is our next plan. That is our next plan. Recap. Chester just tried to re-establish contact with us and failed miserably. <laughs> oh god, oh. it went really off the road. <laughs> yes. We left the museum, some of us, in the car, right? Yep. I yep. attempted to follow and failed, but did get spotted. And we became increasingly suspicious that the monkey was working with the enemy. As it was very specifically tailing us. Yes. But we made it back to the hotel. And where I had climbed up to the eighth floor where we were staying, attempting to knock on the windows. I was in my bath, and I, I heard the little monkey tapping, and I came out, and I just drew the blinds because I assumed it was some sort of crazy monkey. Uh, the monkey then tried to bother me. I did a similar thing. The monkey then tried to bother Reggie and um, Brian. And Reggie was at this point completely convinced this monkey was evil. (laughs) And proceeded to attempt to chuck him into the road. And then to try and blow his head off. But then we were saved by fortuitous Turks turning up. Uh, So I had gone in in cat form and managed to pounce on... uh... Chester in monkey form uh, and uh, we just managed to start communicating with him in a sort of one ook for yes and two ooks for no uh, manner and I was starting to trust that maybe he did understand what we were saying and let him go in time for the Turks to arrive and start attacking people in the next room along. Uh, myself and Scott then went into the next room and proceeded to tear these Turks a new one. Yeah, I literally tore the guy's throat out. And I vaporised one. I finally heard all the the explosions and whatnot, and I came out naked to see what was going on, saw that they'd killed a Turk and were eating the other one, and just returned to my bath. But meanwhile, Sobel had... um, Got a fancy for this tasty monkey. Yes, had seen the monkey again, who he had failed to identify. Numerous times. Um... And uh, he consumed uh, the monkey, and uh, Chester woke up again in the dreamland. I then attempted to call Reggie. We had a terse conversation about, Why did you do such a thing? Why did you try to throw me out the window? And so on and so forth. And it ended up with Reggie and co. going for dinner, and, yeah, Chester just sitting in the forest of Zoog. I eventually ended up calling Click, who came to rescue me from the forest. I figured that... There are answers in my book, but I had to finish reading it. So, meanwhile, while he was finishing reading that, we continued with having a sleep and starting out to the place we were going to. And we got in our cars and all the people that... Well, we only have one driver and let's just 
say things went wrong in a cursed kind of way. Um, My foot locked up. Crash, and then it basically took us all day to get to... Madonovich. A place near where we're going. And then... We settled down to sleep. And then I discovered after having spent two weeks in Dreamtime reading this, found I had a certain ritual which had ominous implications. I got some affairs in order, finished my book up to where it was, and went with clicks for the ritual and invited all of my friends to be there. Yes, (laughs) once again we got summoned to some strange proceedings in the dreamlands. I entered the green flames of truth of uh, Sagotha, where I was I first had to give reference as to why I should become the heir of Shahrazad, give testimony of myself, reference from one of those for me, and a reference against. It turned out that getting people to speak on his behalf was really hard. Yeah, because of uh, yeah. some crushingly hard power rolls. Some ridiculous power rolls. They were right. hard! They were only We're not kidding! Like, yeah! So, strangely enough, Chester managed to pass his test and emerged from the flames as... No. Chester was burnt up in the flames. What came after was Taranam Katoga, the heir of Shahrazad and the teller of tales. And then we all woke up and there was Taranam. Recap. We left off where uh, we had just resolved uh, Chester's trial and he had just become... Taranam Katoga. And so we moved on. Uh, Our aim was to get to the uh, remote village location uh, where the arm of the Sebastian Simulacrum was rumoured to lie. We eventually got there. Yep, uh, half of us uh, were held, put in the house of the priest, the other half in the house of the mayor. Uh, the priest's wife was pretty much the only one who didn't want to take part in the uh, in the parties and celebrations of the um, the rituals that the um, uh, the visiting people were going to perform. But otherwise, everybody joined in the party and celebrations, apart from myself um, and the vampire over here, because he just couldn't go any go anywhere near these people yeah they kept, they kept warding the, fun the rituals, it was like I kept being warded further and further yeah so eventually we figured out that he wasn't there and went to go and look for him that's myself and Taranam Katoga insert name here um and so we uh, decided to catch up with him and find out where he'd gone and when we found out um we um uh well I we got the Old lady who recognised me from the um, Sagali. Yes. That is right. Um, yes, she recognised me as the storyteller. Yeah. So and knew there were demons in the party. Who I convinced that they were not that bad, really. And she let you stay at her place. Yes, I stayed in her caravan. I also stayed there, and she gave me a present—a cool whistle that I could use just the once to um, help out. And warned us of two things. One. That well, she warned you. Uh, she warned uh, the storyteller specifically that there was someone who was far younger than they should be in the village, and also that we should be fearful of someone calling themselves Grandma. Okay, so the next day we went off in search of Grandma, and uh, we found the house in deeper into the woods, um, and. Uh, 
it was all like, yeah, we got arms, we got arms here, legs, whatever, we got we got limbs coming yeah, out. Of all very very nice. Um, they had various statue pieces around. There was uh, a girl who liked to um, loom stuff and hum and hum. Um, and just as I, being the person who had been bribed into going and fetching the arm, um, went to get that. All hell broke loose, and the um, the house got extremely tenderly um, and hungry and monstery, monstery, and, monstery, and uh, I almost got in an oven, but then I didn't get in an oven or something. Reggie was turned into a, a beautiful tapestry. Yeah, I was beautiful. I was all weavy. Oh yeah, but we got you out of that quite yeah, quickly. I yeah, I managed to yeah. lightning bolt the yeah. controls. And then I unloaded the double barrel shotgun into the little girl. Into a little girl. And I like killing children, what can I say? Just <laughs> as things were starting to hot up a little bit, I tooted that whistle from earlier, which seemed to have the effect of vomiting us all out of the house in all directions. Houses shouldn't be able to vomit. And then the house got up on some legs, and we sort of realised that this was all to do with Shub Niggurath, um and Baba Yaga and all that business, and it started chasing us, and there were goats in the woods. It was a big old chase, and we ended up running all of the way to the... Um, was gypsy it camp. Gypsy camp. Yeah, the gypsy camp, where um, we would hopefully take some shelter. Previously on Horror on the Orient Express. Recap! So, we began in the Gypsy Village, where uh, quite quickly it was determined that we were surrounded by those dark young and sort of trapped in there, but they wouldn't venture in, except that we saw someone who looked very much like... Baba Yaga. And we thought that was the case until she was like, no, I, I'm just a twin. <laughs> and the gypsies were doing a ritual of sorts to try and banish the creatures and were preparing a sacrifice. Unbeknownst to us, they were intending to use the good Dr. Reynard. But I figured out that wasn't going to work because of the deal with Nodens and all of that business. And, we can't die. Uh, and so the twin sister girl, uh, before anyone could persuade her otherwise, leapt into the flames and completed the ritual for us, uh, which destroyed all of the dark young and the, the big house on legs went off in a big sulk. Went off in a big sulk being chased by a cloud of lightning that was yes. destroying it. And you had a word with the old lady regarding the location and information re- about Sedefka. Oh yes, I got a little thing which I need to read out to everybody else which I've forgotten to do. When we got back to the village, the wife of the priests died because she was also part, part of, of the, the evil spell. Baba Yaga. And we were all very quickly ushered out. Ushered out of the village in our cars. We drove back towards Belgrade. I had an encounter when we were stopping at the town on the way back with the Confenlik who tried to tempt me again when I was trying to replenish some of my strength. I avoided his temptations, even if we ended up scaring a small child, and uh, we continued on to um, to Belgrade. 
at Belgrade. We had a lovely shopping trip and nothing else happened, so we got on the train. We got on the train and... When we were on the train, I was in the dining car and I was uh, approached by a professor who was a colleague of the archaeologist and his daughter I was dealing with in the previous place we were at. Uh, And uh, he had some documents... Uh, relating to the final piece of the Sedefka simulacra, the head. Uh, but while we were discussing this, we were overheard by a suspicious waiter. Suspicious waiter. The suspicious waiter, when uh, one of the other staff members was trying to give him a word about not doing his job, stabbed the Mater D and ran, thus beginning a chase scene. Chase scene. Chase scene. Quickly uh, went to the assistance of the Mater D and stayed out of it. Uh, I gave chase in cat mode, trying to discreetly change, and nobody saw that. Um, uh, the others also gave chase, and we eventually followed the man to... Uh, he'd opened up a side door to try and get himself off the train. Uh, and there were various <laughs> magic jewels that happened at that point, but none of them actually <laughs> managed to stop him from leaving the train. Mm. Uh, I tried to close the door behind him before he could jump off, but he it was too late. He leapt off the train. I tried to Gandalf uh, a big eagle to find him, but it was too late. So we uh, were then approached by the chief of the train, who uh, ushered us back to the dining car, and uh, the police were had to be called in the morning, because we also found the dead body of another staff member on the train who the imposter spy had been using his dead arm to conjure magic with. Ooh. So, lovely. Yeah. Uh, so there is one death, uh, one injured party, but we are all okay, and now we're at the dining car. For free champagne. For free champagne! Woo! Recap! We had just arrived in Sofia, and we met up with the head of the police who had been investigating these strange things, and apparently men with severed hands well, is a thing that has apparently turned up a lot recently. Uh, a group known as the Butchers have been walking around, cutting up people, leaving behind dead body parts and the rest of the person just goes missing. The police guy was like, oh, we'll handle this, and we were all like, yeah, yeah, sure, and then um, went off to our hotel thinking that we should probably handle this because it probably has something to do with us. Yes. Um, we, t- we brought the doctor with us and made him check into the hotel as well just so we could keep an eye on him. We then tried to do some investigating of ourselves at the local university. Yes, so the university was uh, somewhat useful. We found a library after having a, a little bit of local language difficulty. And Not a r- very rude concierge. cultural difficulties. Turns out a lot of people here do not like the English. Yeah, they or don't the like French, it much. Or, or the, the Germans. Germans. <laughs> or, you know, anyone. Yeah. Anyway, we found some German books that you could look at. But they were generally not useful. There was one weird book, but it doesn't appear to be relevant at all to yeah. anything that we're dealing with. So really, I mean, while it was possibly relevant, it, it, we uh, decided that our best lead was probably this current uh, butchery business. Um, and... So we went back to the hotel anyway after a while. And actually before this all happened, Anya decided to share with us all 
the piece of information that the old lady from the gypsies had told her about. We all tried to translate it, but it seemed that whenever anybody tried to read it, who had been previously affected by the Sedefka Simulacrum, they suddenly ended up in a lot of pain as their cursed piece reacted to the words that had been spoken out. And Harold's... Yeah. Sort of glued and pulsated colours yeah. as well. Reggie yeah. was capable to translate it without it affecting him at first. The... But then a short while later, he passed out and fell into a coma, which we were unable to wake him from. So we went off on our investigations. The coma appears to be not medical related as well. Yeah, and it also doesn't appear he's gone into dream because his various dream artefacts are still on his person rather than transferring to his dream body. Also importantly, the information that Anya was given was... A spell that needs to be uh, read out right at the last second when the Sadefka is being put together. So we returned to the hotel and we had dinner and we decided we should all go to bed. Once we were in bed, we all got woken up as we were attacked variously by severed hands. Well, some of us got woken up um, uh, before the hands attacked and some of us didn't. Um... I woke up before the hands attacked, but I was not in the suite with the others, so I was getting my sword and trying to deal with the hand in my thing, and then running towards the suite where I was hearing screams, and I was hearing screams because... Because I I failed to wake up, and my eyeball was plucked from my face. Gross. I tried to scramble after the hand, but it seemed to assimilate the eye, blink at me, and then run up the chimney. I woke up with one of the hands... Grasped around my throat, strangling me. Basically, after that, there was a, a massive Barney where I'd gone back into cat mode. I was batting off hands left, right, and centre. The others were fighting off hands too, and I noticed that a couple of them were going into Reggie's room. Uh, so while the hand with the eye was escaping up the chimney again, I went into Reggie's room. And I dealt with one of the hands, but the other managed to latch itself onto Reggie's face, and then that made them both disappear. So now Reggie is missing, and another hand has made off with an eye, which we're a little bit concerned about. Yes, we had the police turn up. A very few interesting explanations took place. Um, the police believe that we were attacked by the butchers, might be not entirely inaccurate, and they know that Reginald has also been kidnapped. The following morning, we have decided to split up in such a fashion that Anya and Catboy are off to join the Professor and continue the main quest, while... Probably Catboy was not the best Oh yes, the, uh, the, the half-Catboy. Meanwhile, Scott and myself and Harold are going to see if we can track down where the hands went, and Harold has started having visions through the eye that was started. Yeah, so seems to have a vision of watching or just seeing from the hands point of view jumping into a black car and driving away. So anyway, hopefully I'm going to find out where that eye went while the others do their thing. And recap. Oh, no. <laughs> no. no! We're fucked. Oh, fuck! Recap. You split the party. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, we decided to split the party. Me and Anya went to see Professor Shedenko uh, at his house to inquire what he knew about uh, the head. Uh, we spent several hours there while he was looking through 
the notes he had and we decided to then go to the library to find more information. While we're there, we happened to also bump into the other professor who we'd planned to meet the following day anyway. Uh, we got talking and went to go see the head itself. As we opened the uh, room into stores, we found that it had been ransacked and there were two people in there just about to leave. A third had already escaped. They had shotguns and pistols. And grenades. And grenades. Uh, Anya got took a full blast to the gut. I was so severely wounded that I almost died. Uh, one of the two educated people with us died. The other passed out. I managed to call a genie in who protected us um, just as one of the cultists uh, suicided with a grenade. While all the commotion there was going on, we saw outside the cultists that managed to get into a van uh, were about to be chased by a car when the van opened up and a machine gun started shooting everything up. Out of the car came Major Thingamthing, who we had met several times previously. Uh, He came to help us and took us to his secret rebel base. Um, <laughs> his safe house. His safe, his safe house, house, which was the secret rebel base. Meanwhile, Meanwhile uh, so we were on the scent of the weird, disgusting hands that had made off with uh, uh, with the eye of um, Harold. Yeah. Of the eye of Harold, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we did tra- or I traced the scent down to a sewer, but the others were like. <laughs> to go down a gross sewer. We uh, contacted Click using using, Reggie's silver mirror. Yeah, and he couldn't really give us much information on how to take advantage of it so I can get more visions, but he did tell me that once the eye has rotted, it also kills me, so we have about 50 hours left. So they thought, okay, maybe we do want to go down a gross (laughs) sewer. Um, And so we we got got down the gross sewer and we'd hardly even been there five seconds when... I used my cube to create a light source. Harold was like so amazed at the fact that I knew how to use my cube now. I said, well, of course I know how to use my cube now. I mean, look, I used it to to fix your eye. This crazy freaked Harold out and he strangled me with his kobold claws, slicing off my head and turning me into dust. And the cube went into the sewer. Once you settled down and retrieved the cube at great personal cost to your appearance (laughs) stat... Uh, we basically poured you into a bag, and <laughs> uh, and then uh, we got a uh, we got contacted by the police who told us about the uh, little accident that Anya had had, and so we were able to uh, follow them to uh, to join up with the rest of the party. Oh yes, oh, yes. Yeah, so a very sure. important point uh, is that they can see everything that any of us. Can see using um, my eyeball, uh, but Harold can just sort of occasionally see glimpses of what they can see. This information, was just what his to eyeball can see. Yeah. Uh, yes, what, it, what okay. the eyeball can see. This information was provided to us by Click during the conversation. Yes. So when we got there, um, we met up with everyone and updated them. And because of what we just talked about, we agreed that we're just sort of not really, uh, just in case they can only see us, which we think is probably the case, and not hear us. We'd not look at each other too much when we were talking so that they wouldn't be able to read our lips or anything like that. And we brought them up to date because we were also... So when I was at the hotel, an important thing is that I was also given the name by the concierge of uh, four potential villages uh, that were picturesque based on a vision that Harold had seen through the eye. So 
using this information and with the help of the uh, Major, we were able to narrow this down to a single village called Srednagora. But we were referring it as to, uh, by one of the fake villages' names of Ruki, just so that hopefully they, um, uh, uh, they might think that we're on the wrong track if they are looking through our eyes and stuff. So anyway, there was a bit of a medical crisis going on. Yes. And, we managed... Uh, another, an NPC doctor was seeing to Anya and sourcing her out. We respawned yes. Dr. Renard. Uh, Anya was able to provide just enough information to Chester, who provided this information to Harold, and Harold went and restored me with a little of his own blood. I, however, was extremely hungry and tried to bite Harold immediately in order to restore myself fully. This didn't work because he's a kobold. So, uh, I calmed down a little initially after that, and asked to be taken to Anya. Anya, who was being guarded by Zobel, who said, don't try anything funny. <laughs> um, I used my cube of restoration to restore Anya fully, and she then had Zobel eventually produce a supply of human blood for me to refresh myself fully, so that I didn't end up having to feed on you with policemen. It was right about then, I got another vision, a ritual was about to be performed on Reggie, a ritual that I had read about in the Whispering Fez. If the ritual is completed, it will summon that which waits outside, which we know to be... Nyarlathotep. Hey. I will so, basically turn Reggie into his avatar. Yes. Sorry, Reggie. So with Anya revived using the cube, we uh, decided that we needed to get there as fast as possible and coordinating with the Major, who we think knows a bit about some of this wibbly stuff, but we haven't gone into detail about it. Uh, we decided that the quickest way to get there would be to get on a plane at the aerodrome, and that's where we are on our way to now. Just as we boarded, I had one last vision, and I ain't not taking it very well. Dun dun dun! Recap! So, we boarded the plane as I received a vision of the altar that uh, Reggie was in. It kind of made me go batshit insane, so I summoned the Blood Red Fez. The GM was so happy. I then summoned more fezes and put them on all the policemen. And then they all started to wither and die and become monsters which would obey me. It was wonderful. So while all this was happening, (laughs) there was basically a big mess happening because one of the people with the fezes going on was the pilot of the plane which started going down. Uh, luckily, between us, we managed to get a fez off of him, but he was still unconscious, and one of the policemen. But in the process of trying to sort this all out, Sobel managed to fling himself out of the window so he couldn't be of any use anymore. So, meanwhile, this fez battle was raging, and... I was of the opinion that the only way to deal with this was to deal with the one who had summoned it. I tried to overpower Harold and failed miserably at that. He then controlled me because I was trying to overpower him via a fez. Arya was at the point of, we need to kill him and trying to shoot him at point blank. Yes. Uh, During some of this, Anya basically attacked Harold and shriveled him. Yes. So the other policemen who by this point had shedded their external skin had clustered around Harold to try and protect him. Chester 
was grabbed hold of and they were going to use his body and blood to try and revive and restore Harold. In um, a desperate move at this point, I had figured I had one chance to do something. I cast the spell with a several things that could happen and sucked several of the transformed police, Harold and myself, into the void. Meanwhile, up in the cockpit... Yes, yeah, so the plane was taking a sharp dive and I was working on pulling it up while trying to get someone back here to help revive the um, the pilot who could actually do some good. Uh, and the, uh, the, the summoning of the void sent it further out of control. I had managed to get up to the cockpit by this point and used my doctoring abilities to start waking up the Major. However, he was taking a while to come around. I was able to guard the cockpit when a couple of policemen tried coming towards us and took one of them out before the void incident happened. And then by the time the portal snapped shut, Anya and the one collapsed policeman on the plane had managed to stay on board. Everyone else had been sucked into the void and we were going down hard towards a mountain. So that we can uh, go back to this, uh, eventually, to cut a long story short with the plane, uh, I managed to take it down into a pond fairly roughly but without managing to injure anybody but while that was happening meanwhile back in the void I was just about coming back to my senses realising just exactly what I'd done and knowing that dreaming was ineffective here the only thing I could do was to keep clinging on to the fez myself and Chester were dying the least we could do was take the fez with us that way it would never be summoned ever again I held out, waiting until I saw Harold expire and the Fez go with him, let myself go, and then appeared on the, the Dreamland Express with Shahrazad and... What? Apparently, Kephoria itself is in the void. Shahrazad was a bit annoyed at me because I might have destroyed all hope if I'd got that slightly wrong, but was otherwise okay in picking me up. Yeah, lucky escape. You uh, had your power restored as well, with a price. Yes, um, considering I was out of magic and figured we needed it for the upcoming uh, battle that we were originally going towards anyway, they um, gave me some of the train meat to eat mm. um, to restore my power. The price was that uh, my ears and tail have turned into blue scales with to form. remind me of what happened. Our plane had semi-crash landed in a lake next to a village about five miles out from where we needed to be and we quickly commandeered a vehicle and uh, started racing towards uh, where we needed to be up a mountain and on the way uh, we, we met up with Zobel who uh, quickly got on board. What we didn't realise is that... The Dreamlands Express was going to make an unscheduled stop to wherever Zobel was. In the real world. Um, so we got interrupted by these massive elephant things and uh, our party was thus reunited. Henry uh, sent us on our way, ejecting Chester in the process. Um... And we continued on to the cavern, having picked up Stuart, who decided to join us once again. When we got to the cavern, all was not as it 
was expected to be, because instead of a ritual taking place uh, with us to interrupt, everything was quiet and everyone was dead. Piles and piles of skulls and lots of mutilated bodies lying all around uh, a very gory scene, and at the top of the pyramid of skulls was Reggie laid out ready for the ritual but asleep and with no signs of the ritual having started uh, and so uh, also signs of a kind of head-shaped indentation next to him and uh, blood trailing away from it we followed this trail at that point the doctor I picked up the ritual dagger just to keep it safe and I also picked up Sir Reginald to start to take him down the pillar of skulls so i began to follow the trail of uh, blood that led away from uh, uh, the altar and we traced it all the way to uh round a corner and to a small hole that uh, it looked like something had been pushed through by uh, by someone whose body was now completely mangled and cut up and awful I stuck my hand in to try and fish it out. I found two bowls of garlic. I initially tried to reach for it first, but was repelled by this. I then pulled out the head of the Sadafka Simulacrum. But as soon as I did that, the bodies started waking up. Uh, and then we were in a big old zombie fight, uh, which, uh, well, they were sort of vampire zombies. zombies. Because at that point we realised that the only other party that had an interest in stopping Nyarlathep was the, the Comte Fenelik. So he showed up, uh, but luckily, uh, with I... a combination of the garlic and uh, Anya's help, what did we do? I... Uh... Got Zobel to travel back to the train to retrieve Madame Bruges' hut, which of course works best in darkness, and we're in a very dark cave. So uh, I, that turned on automatically when it arrived and started and disintegrated all of the vampires. All of the vampires. Yes, I was in a battle with Comte Fenlick, and he tried to stake me, and I stopped him with a big fireball. But then just as I was trying to pick up the poor policeman and Sir Reginald, um, we, uh, we, I, I was then dusted. <laughs> the Fenelik himself, uh, when he saw all of this starting to go down, sort of just buggered off and was like, fuck this for a game of soldiers. Uh, and uh, we all gathered ourselves. Uh, you got healed up again by the, the, uh, the blood that was around. Everywhere. And uh, we all uh, escaped out of the cave. So we got back eventually. The Major strongly insisting we very quickly get back on board the Orient Express and leave his lovely country. We agreed and went back to the Orient Express. Look at that. And as soon as the head of the uh, simulacrum was reunited with the other elements of it... It reformed by itself into the full, full statue and was very scary. Previously on Horror on the Orient Express... Recap! I woke up! Hooray! We were on board the Orient Express, having just collected the last piece of the Sedefka Simulacra, uh, which had put itself together in our vault. Reggie and Anya went to get a quick drink, and Anya got shot by a random person. 
who would... instantly apologized and attempted to help bandage it. Mind yes. control. Yes. It seems <coughs> like the people on the train were getting mind controlled somehow and then immediately realizing that they didn't know why they just did the bad thing that they just did. Yes, including some members of the party who were mm. starting to kill each other and try to anyway. Throwing Zerbel out the window, window. and <laughs> such like. Yes. Um, we eventually discovered it was the Count Fenelik who was after all of us. Uh, or more importantly, after the simulacro we had assembled for him. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. A bit of a battle ensued as we tried to get him. And you and Reggie went back to Reggie's quarters. At various points, people met up, got spooked, tried to kill each other again. Um, the long and short of it, though, is... There ended up being a fight on top of the train. Very exciting. Uh, during which... I tried to activate my cube to help Taranan, who had got injured, but inadvertently opened a gateway and went bloop into it. Reggie and Anya basically finished it up by combo attacking the Comptophilic with the heart of Madame Bourgeois and the Minties, and he dead now. Yeah, we did, we did a we did a full on team up combo attack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then super paranoid sweeping of the dust Fully with sterilised the area. Yes. Um, meanwhile, I was transported to Nakotis, where... Ethians. Yeah, I met some interesting dudes who thought I was really interesting and pulled me apart several not times. Not that interesting. Yeah. Not yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah. interesting. <laughs> not, not interesting. Let's not revise history here. <laughs> <laughs> they proved you many and many a time, but yes. other than that, they're like bored of you now. Yeah. yeah. However, they took my cube off me and then sent me back to the train. I was I was sad that I lost my cube. The but next morning, um, we had breakfast and broke the news to Reggie of poor Harold. He was not happy. He tried to set Taranan on fire. I let him punch me in the face once to get some anger out as well. Yeah, but long and short is Reggie is now convinced that Harold is at least vaguely alive in a hell dimension suffering for the rest of eternity and he's dead set on going to rescue him. The rest of us are less convinced about the idea of blundering into an obvious trap by going to a hell dimension. This is a terrible idea. I just want to get that into the recap. Second bit. Uh, this is a terrible idea, but the GM has written a plot for it. Yes. So that's where we're going. We then pulled into Constantinople. Hooray! We finally made it. And we finished the Orient Express. Yay! And we've taken all of our possessions off the train and got settled into our hotel room. Brian is getting a costume. For going to hell. And we secured the Sadefka Simulacra. Recap! So we arrived in Constantinople and we went to the hotel where we promptly decided to go to split the party to go and do different things. We argued quite a lot with Reginald about whether or not we were going to go to hell. We eventually decided that fine, we'll do it, but we'll do it tomorrow morning. <laughs> we never do today what you can put off until tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. So we decided to have a bit of an explore. I basically had a random exploration and... Uh, ran into the uh, British um, consulate where there was a bit of a commotion going on. I tried to affect a uh, British accent in order to ascertain what was going on, but I was quite quickly rumbled and briefly detained while they um, fetched Reggie. Reggie had taken a trip to the tea houses and baths and 
having a wonderful time until an ominous fat Turkish man started giving him dire portents that, that there was something out of a Topakia museum to check out and that Garazmet well actually no there wasn't really much about Garazmet he just whispered Garazmet and then promptly had his throat sliced pretty much by cultists which then turned him into a gibbering fat monster which I pushed in the water while in the nud. Went outside while in a new towel that I had stolen from the bathhouse and was escorted back to the hotel by some concerned British soldiers which once we got back to the hotel turned out we were looking for me because Scott was in trouble. So meanwhile so uh, me the doctor and Taranan went to the bazaar uh, in order to restock our weapons and take any, buy anything that took our fancy so we bought new new ammo for everyone uh, Taranan bought a selection of rugs that he liked and some cloaks the doctor paid to watch a bear dance and then a gypsy told, told him that the skinless cult were closing in on us to cut a long story short um, I bought some enchant I bought some silver daggers uh, which I shared with Taranan and I also bought a monkey so eventually Reggie joined me back at the consulate um where we learned about the kidnapping of the consul? The son. Uh, the grand consul's son. Yeah, his son. At uh, which point, uh, things got a little out of hand after I mentioned a couple of leads we might have, and Scott decided to go cat. Yeah, well, they, did, they, we, they decided to go in all guns blazing, so I. The, the fastest way I could think of to convince them that maybe all guns blazing might be a bit dangerous for them was to reveal some uh, wibbly shed right in front of them and so they fair, went all guns blazing yeah that nothing bad happened basically and uh, we went to the uh, museum where they had unfortunately already moved in a bit and so the, the guy running it was a bit annoyed but he did take us down to where the scrolls were being kept and when we investigated inside the scroll containers, lo and behold, they were gone. Dun, dun, dun. No, that doesn't even merit that because nobody was surprised. And <laughs> however, you did learn there were in fact not five scrolls, but six. Yes, one that the was scroll of unbinding or cleansing or, or something, something, something like that. Something that sounded like something we need. The scroll of fix, and it's already. It's been missing ever since it's arrived at the museum, so we've got no idea where that one might be, but the others are missing too, which is bad. But we did get a lead from one of the scrolls uh, that seemed to be guiding us towards the graveyard. Which has the grave of one Gara's Met who it sounds like is the original thief slash possible archaeologist of history who stole the scrolls from the skinless in the first place. It's quite an obvious trap, but obviously we're going to bumble into it. Because that's what we do. So, so we all went back to the hotel and decided to go and investigate the graveyard. Uh, we've given ourselves an hour and a bit to prepare. So in that time, I have sacrificed a monkey and created a blessed artifact for myself. I got some armor and got me guns. I got my sword. I got an invisibility cloak and an armor cloak and a flying carpet. I had a meal. And I was there too. 
the doctor went out and ate a little orphan girl uh, on the streets to death. Monster! To death. Monster! To very near death. And now we're going to go out. We've got on the ferry and we're going to go Recap! We went out to the graveyard to follow up on the clue that Reggie had got. We blundered in to an obvious trap. trap! But we knew it was a trap. But anyway, it was a pretty bad trap. Um, as soon as we opened the uh, relevant tomb... About uh, we- 60 cultists literally stepped out of the dark. We and, got- the- and instantly incapacitated all of us using some sort of magic binding and then the villain did a bit of a monologue for a while about how uh, he's been delivered to the Sadafka Simulacrum or and, whatever. And the we know villain that, being Selim Maturat himself. Yes, and we know that both Ruth and Stuart have been taken prisoner. So, uh, they left, but not before setting upon us some sort of horrible screaming children monster um, that uh, was pretty terrifying but then a crazy man that lives in the graveyard came up and released us and then said some words to us and then just scampered off Uh, and so we were left to fight the beast which we did very effectively except the beast um, seriously wounded our good friend Zobel and of course there was also the fact that the good doctor, our resident vampire, was trapped inside of a holy circle. So, None of us actually knew how to get him out. Yes. So uh, he played with his cursed watch. Yes, I played my cursed watch and it started to open a portal to Neafertep's realm. The unknowable Kadath. So, but this was enough to break the binding around me. However, Reginald scarped over and quickly stomped the portal shut before it got open too wide. And swiped the watch, because that was unacceptable! Unfortunately, this means the watch is now bound to him. Anyway, the battle went extremely well, during which one of the people that came up to us was the mysterious Romani from earlier on during the day with his bear, and he helped in the battle as well. He did. Uh, and then I did a sword strike that was so effective that it both killed the beast utterly, renovated the uh, entire graveyard, um, and also... Dusted me. Yes. <laughs> yes. But so I, I, I freed the souls of all the little children, so that was nice. Yeah. And made um, a nice garden path down the middle. Yeah. So Sobel was tragically wounded and has retired to our secret space palace to uh, recover, which caused me to faint from shock and sadness. So since now we were free to go after the bad guys, we thought that now would be the absolute perfect time to take a diversionary trip into hell. Because this is our last chance to do it before we have to face off against the bad guys. The Romani guy who came on his bear was very unhappy at the idea and said he'd wait a bit away for us to come back, but before doing so, dropped a drop of Noden's water onto the doctor to unproof him. Noden's peed on you! Lovely. <laughs> so, we all joined hands and shared our dreaming powers with Reginald, just outside the graveyard, because doing it inside the best graveyard is a bad idea, uh, and formed a portal to hell. Indeed. We went inside and fucked up a Cerberus. 
I stabbed him with those magic daggers that I prepared slightly earlier in the game, and uh, he was killed by that. Before we realised that we weren't really yet in hell, we were just in some sort of admin queue. Yes, um, I tried to perform some medicine to help the party who had been hurt, but found that no matter what I tried to do, no mortal amount of medicine would help fix people. It's about this point I actually looked at the evil watch and read that there's a bit of a prophecy on it now that, yeah, yeah, I don't want that coming true, but never mind. Carry on. But no, uh, but no, that basically says, it's his watch now. And that I am going to meet him again sometime in the future. Yeah. But anyway, we, we got to the, uh, well, we bustled our way to the front of the admin queue and spoke with a Babylonian judgy goddess, uh, who was actually quite helpful and, mm-hmm. uh, sort of uh, sent us on our way and also answered some of our pressing questions. She discovered that Harold has been stolen and bypassed her queue entirely, which she's not entirely happy about. So she's sent us on definitely much with her blessing. Um, she's also not happy at the idea of Nyarlathep really going to Earth. Yes. She doesn't like that. Yes, and she's quite happy that at least someone from the Dreamlands is actually bothering to help out this time. And um, so we all decided to take the ferry across the river Styx. And we travelled down it through three levels of hell. Yep, we've gone to Erebus. Mm. The counting house of Erebus. Yes. Um, we are told that uh, we will find how to find Harold there. And no, no, we were told that we'll find how to find Harold here. We paid for our crossing with a combination of uh, one of Anya's silver bars and the Jesus coin, the Jesus silver coin that I had hanging around since a while back. Mm. And uh, we have now docked. Recap! So we were in hell. We were in the counting house. Okay, so uh, we we met a contract demon there who was like, oh, would you like to do a deal with me? And um, maybe I'll have one of your souls. And Taradan immediately said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that because he failed the uh, necessary check when he went through the entrance to resist saying that. And then we were like, actually, could we confer for a minute in this room? But uh, the, the conferring drifted into conversations about how like maybe we should just stab the demon instead but it turned out the demon was listening in so he got a bit angry at that and decided to trap us in a room full of lava there was magic carpet flying we uh, escaped the room and uh, eventually Anya got to uh, the demon with a knife and suggested a new deal which was um, <laughs> you you tell us how to find Harold's soul and I take this knife out of your lung <laughs> the negotiation worked <laughs> and uh, we left that level uh, and went onward after he uh, told us that we needed to go all the way down to the ninth level of hell uh, and so began a journey through several levels of hell. We ended up in a furnace where we saw what we thought were our loved ones being turned into demon artifacts. 
It uh, wasn't, of course. It was a trick myself, and Reginald almost fell for it uh, for a while, but we kind of eventually snapped around for it. Taranen really fell for it. Taranen really fell for it, tried to rescue his friend, and had his arms dissolve in boiling hot soul stuff. Then, then we, yeah, uh, we went out to the next level where there was a sphinx which offered us some really tough riddles that we yeah. literally gave up on. <laughs> we eventually... Eventually, made the Sphinx get bored <laughs> yeah. and get through them. We then moved on to. We ended up in a burnt forest, but Reginald realised that the monsters that were chasing us were not monsters at all. They, they were. No, they were monsters, well, they but were, they were specifically Mythos monsters, Hounds of Tindalos, which we had a nice little encounter with, and I then ended up learning how to dispel, so made yes. that one a bit easier. Yes. They let us through to the next place, where we discovered Zobel's family! Yay! And they were all like, oh, you're like friends with the Zobel, he's so cool. And we're like, yeah, he's so cool. And uh, they were, and we were said, uh, we asked them, can you help us with the next bit? And they were like, sure! And so, also, while doing it, said, we're free. Let's yeah. not forget that. Yeah, they were, they were very happy about being free. Um, so anyway, they, they chased off the guy that was going to give us the next challenge, which seemed to involve dolls that were sinister in some way and made us feel bad things. Um, yes. But we sort of sidestepped away from that challenge. It turns out you can circumvent a puzzle by bringing a hundred Shoggoths with yeah. you. <laughs> we made it down to the ninth level, where some of us started to go, oh, this is very pretty, this is almost too pretty, why is it so pretty here, this is very strange. And some of us had a really good think about it. Some of us also decided, I explicitly do not want to know the truth here. It can't be good. And went for a long walk. Pansy. So, Reginald had a big think about it. And he went, oh dear, this is where we are. I had an even bigger think about it. And realised exactly where we were. And... Aaron ceased to exist at this moment. Yes, I I, I went a little oh, bit crazy. Yeah. Um, Anya eventually oh. also worked it out, and then uh, they explained it to me, and I was like, "All right." Yeah. Basically, we were in the presence of Yogg-Sothoth in his magic control center of the center of the universe, and his initial offer was, "Well, I'll give you back Harold, but Harold will uh, will be my puppet." And I said no because I was insane. So I said, "No, I'll do it instead," and everybody seemed fine with this. So they got the real Harold back, not a Yogg-Sothoth puppet Harold, and got an Aaron puppet, which no one's really that choked up about. Yeah, as far as all the rest of you are concerned, it is just Aaron with someone watching through his eyes. So yeah, we're back in Constantinople. Ten out of ten, would harbinge again. The portal to hell has closed behind us safely. Owl's back. We're all back. We're back exactly where we left off. And some of, we're in even better condition than when we went, yeah. except maybe insanity a little bit. You are all powered up to go and rescue Stuart and Ruth and stop the cult of the Skinless activating the Sedefkes in Milakwa, which they stole. Last time on Scary Train Adventure! <laughs> I'm using that one. <laughs> Recap! So, having returned from hell... Uh, we uh, all gathered around outside the renovated uh, kind of graveyard place and decided on our next steps. 
along came that guy on a bear. Actor. Who, uh... Yes, he told us we should really get to the Red Mosque soon. Yes, we should get to the Red Mosque soon, and so we agreed that we would do that. Ruth had actually managed to escape capture, uh, as had Stuart and the servants. They'd all gone to the train station. I turned up in a um, fast boat, gave a money to the chap, and informed them that the cultists had got all the parts of the Sadef, Kursa, Mular. And so we went to the Red Mosque. We were led underground into a passage, and then we had to uh, take a um, boat. So we got on the boat. There was also a carpet involved, flying carpet. Took some of us. And it was very smelly down there. We didn't like it at all. Uh, and in fact, it was so smelly that... Chow threw up. Bleh. Yeah, all <laughs> over the place. And was very, very ill. It wasn't pleasant. I, um, I helped him out, though. It was all good. We then got to the end of that uh, little canal bit, got off and were underneath the chamber where the ritual was taking place mm-hmm. and saw carvings or engravings of the history of the cult. It was not very pleasant. It was this point we found the guard. Yes. Um, I decided to deal with the guard because having in the uh, chambers down below made some potions up in case I needed them, that used a lot of my magic points. So, eh, just refuel by uh, absorbing the guard. It is pretty gross. It is fine. Um, So, we got up ahead to the last chamber before the... um, uh, entryway, and Actor had the ability to conjure illusions. So he conjured the illusion of a door so that we could open the door and peer out and see what was going on. We told him that there was uh, an enchantment we had to cast as uh, the simulacrum was being activated. At which point, Anya noticed that the hymn that was chanting had been replaced by an illusion of him chanting. Yeah, he like heard you had a plan to interrupt things and was like, oh. So, we decided to continue on with our plan anyway. (coughs) As we were getting ready, we'd sent word to the Dreamlands for some additional (coughs) assistance. And the heroes turned up and were all like, we're ready to help. So, we decided to set up a pantomime horse arrangement where Anya and Reggie would sneak into the crowd using Taranan's invisibility cloak. Um, they began to do this. I went into shadow form and followed them. I dispersed some of my cat chums around in the crowd as well. And all was going fine until we saw Actor appear up on the stage and turn into... Well, Mehem Mehem Makuat, son of the leader of the cult of the Bloody Tongue. Who rebelled against his father. Indeed, he attacked his father, casting a spell which sealed his mouth so he could not finish the spell to turn on the statue. At which point, all the parts of the prophecy were complete, and Reginald completed the prophecy that we'd been given, which turns out uh, was basically what Mehmet was doing as well, uh, which sort of makes that person become the avatar of the skinless. This, this was not included in the instructions? No, it wasn't including the instructions. It's got some benefits, though. Though it basically turns out that we've been playing for the bad guys all along. In the ensuing fight, what's-his-face the older was destroyed. His son disappeared 
shouting that we'd never find the scroll of cleansing. But the crowd had turned in our favour because we were... Well, Reginald was now their living god. (laughs) Yeah. Reginald is somewhat trying to resist and somewhat not well resisting being an avatar of the skinless one with a cult of evil followers and is being a little pragmatic. Well, part of the problem is I've been playing a good character now for months and months and months. I'm starting to itch to be bad. Out of character. (laughs) So that's not helping. The moment that one of them questioned his orders, he ripped their heart out. It seemed like a good idea. But, but anyway, he's got them all doing arts and crafts now just to keep them busy while we go off and try to find the scroll. The scroll of cleansing. Which, which turns out we left it in London at the spicy shop or whatever it was that we'd never quite got into properly because of James Lawson being Andrew. a pillock. Andrew. <laughs> yeah, but James is dead. Ruth's alive. So he's obviously more pillock. <clears throat> we are now getting on the Orient Express to race to London. We have 100 hours. And how many of which are going to take us to get back to London? 92. And so I guess for a while now, at least, we're going to be having brandies and cigars on the train. Recap! Oh my god. Bye bye. Where were we? We were at. um, We were on the train. A lot of people joined as well, but the key ones worth mentioning are one of uh, Reggie's father's lot from the Order of Merlin. Yep. Many of the members of the secret society I work for have rocked up on the train to help us. There was also a journalist and several. Uh, aristocrats he was writing stories about. And it started out the journey in a fairly uneventful manner. There was some business to do with photography. Jack, who is a reporter, was on board and trying to um, do a post for the Telegraph about um, an affairs with um, two of the characters on board and wanted me included to get the photographs. But apart from that, I think it was fairly uneventful. Uh, well, I talked to Elena, oh, the yes, one who was from the Order of Merlin that had been sent along by the Empire to check up on what was going on. And, well, she gave me the international sign for tell me as it is, mate, and I told her as it was, and she went, fuck this, nope, 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 and <laughs> left. Um, so she knocked off the train and basically it continued as normal though and it only really started to kick off when during the night uh, I got attacked while sleeping by the train conductor who was actually uh, Makurat, the uh, bad guy from before Um, and there was some sort of scuffle uh, but he um, he ran away. He ran away from it basically once the others arrived and uh, helped, sort of helped. We decided to separate Reggie from the pocket watch. Okay. Right. Reggie had asked Aaron to help mm-hmm. him stay awake and keep an eye on him. Of course, he wasn't really that interested in bothering to help. So, yeah, I fell asleep and had a terrible dream. And basically saw that Makurat, if he managed to have got the power, was planning to infiltrate the Windsor family and effectively eventually take over all of the Empire. And for a split second, you thought it was... A great idea. (laughs) 
So I asked the Dreams if there was anything that we could do to control him, and they proposed that we do a binding on him. So we began to set that up, and as we were doing so, we all went to dinner and uh, noticed that all of our food didn't really taste of anything. And we'd been joined by one of the Baba Yaga on the train, who uh, made us a de- an, an awkward one-sided pact for um, some... Space me. Space mead. Yeah. And the space mead we gave to Reginald, which allowed him to remain in control of uh, Nyarlathotep slightly longer. I realise that space mead can also throw you about 100,000 light years away from your current position, so it's a bit risky taking that one. Yeah, so we're here... putting in backup. Yeah. So we then began to perform the ritual. Um, so Harold was the one casting the spell with the dreamers, also, like protecting them and fueling their energy into it, as well as the others lending their power, when suddenly... We were attacked by gross little gobbets of flesh, like little gross little nuggets come to life to attack us. So, myself and Ruth and the Germans, who weren't taking part in the ritual, uh, did defence, and we started to counteract the baddies. And I was also slashing and slicing and all of that business. I was sitting quietly. And I got some magic bullets from Francesca. But at that point, Reginald noticed that... Oh my god, power was being poured into the statue and into him. And as soon as I actually got around where I could say that, I did. One of the German assassins on board went to deal with uh, that whole scenario. As did Aaron. Well, we kept uh, carrying on with the ritual and... uh, defending Harold and Reggie. Things started to go a bit wrong at this point because I tried to resist a little bit and I bolstered up and... Whoa! Hello, Nealphotep. At which point I tried to pull out, hoping I'd have enough magic to summon the djinn to put greater amounts of magic in, but I didn't get enough back for that. And not only did he not get enough back, he caused the first little stumble in the ritual. It and the now ri- it'll yeah. take longer. It, yeah, it, the ritual will now take longer. And I, now that Nyarlathotep was taking control of uh, Reggie's body, he was starting to walk out the circle. So it was making it a lot harder for me to try and finish the ritual off. To make up for my mistake allowing this, I'd He made a bigger mistake! Yeah. <laughs> I thought I, I will uh, try and show the barge... Reggie to keep him inside the circle but obviously he would be going inside the circle as well and that was probably going to cause too much of a problem so trying to just finish it all off in one go Harold used all the energy he could from Taranan and quite possibly the other dreamers as well to finish the ritual the ritual succeeded Reggie is fine he's bound within the circle but all the dreamers Taranan and Harold are nowhere to be seen so the record the other dreams have gone back to the dream land. So, a quiet, uneventful train. <laughs> the final recap. Where were we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the other side of a continent, I believe. Yes. So we were heading back as fast as humanly possible because we had barely a hundred hours to get back to London before bad things happened because of the ritual that had been performed on poor Reggie. We were still on the other side of a Simplon tunnel at this point though. Yeah. Yeah. Where shit went down. Yeah. Or at least on the approach. There was an attack on the main train but meanwhile Reggie was having his own little scuffle with Nyalfotep in... Limbo of sorts. 
But the upshot of it was basically that they had a little spat and Yelfatep got sulky and ran off. Meanwhile, in reality, cultists attacked the train. Cultists attacked the train and the train started to transform uh, from a regular train into... A gross nightmare train like you see on the cover of the box. Oh my gosh. Who would have thought? What? Like, what a spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) And so we all decided to make a quick haste to the front of the train to try Mm -hmm. and stop this. Um, I got hit by something on the way, but that was fine. Um, We eventually all got to the front of the train and began attacking the cultists. Unfortunately, a lot of Anya's friends ended up not surviving. Uh, Stuart tried to get to the front to regain control of the train, but once he got there, realised that it was not moving under normal means by this point. Yes, if he tried to touch any control, it would have just made the train faster, and he would have probably ended up as part of the train. So instead, Stuart tried to use his sort of binding to try and bind the train back to reality. This didn't work and he ended up breaking his sword um and then bad things happened because one of the cultists went when it was just down to one cultist left they decided to go i love you and dive into the train um completing the transformation and um turning it fully into this monster train Meanwhile, Reggie... Uh, once we actually hit the Simplon Tunnel, Reggie started to come round and found the Mim Sahis sat in the ritual circle from the dissolved remains of the storyteller. Anyway, he proceeded to exit the room and ran into Hans, I believe it was, who was like, oh yeah, yeah, let's go help, and Reggie was like, yeah, yeah, I want to go help, and Reggie turned his back on him, and it was Macurat! <gasps> dun, dun, dun! But I noticed in time, and tickled him ever so slightly with a mim's heat, and he fell all to bits. Yeah. <laughs> and then I carried on up the train to Kill. find the others. The train by this point was in a lot of chaos, as no one was sure what was going on, and uh, all of the chaos... Um, meanwhile, as the train transformed completely, the rest of us had got into the coal scuttle, except for Stuart. Uh, he tried to get over, but was unable to, and instead got not we tr- off the train. Yes, we tried to save Stuart by knocking him out of the firebox. He got punted into the tunnel wall, basically, and then under the train and turned into red mist. He might have died, but at least his soul was not consumed. In fact, actually, we'll probably find him on board the Dreamland's Orient Express. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> we realised there was no nothing we could do about this, because by this point, Reggie had turned up and gone, Hi. Hello. And so we were all like, let's abandon train. And we all tried to disconnect the train, but it had, the corruption had spread and now all the carriages were interlinked by weird fleshy stuff that could not just be uncoupled. Even the Shoggoth carriage. Yes. Uh, which was now no longer responding to commands. <laughs> so we sat about on the train as it just got faster and faster and started playing weird tuneful noises on its tooty horn. Um, and we were wondering how to how to. <laughs> Sorry, we were the strangest episode of Thomas the Tank. <laughs> 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 
Oh no, said Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm possessed by Nyarlathotep. <laughs> so we sat down and we tried to work out what to do about this. And the only thing that we could come up with, because Uncle Otto managed to survive the attack, was he suggested that we re-perform the ritual from the Red Mosque and transfer the attention of Nyarlathotep back towards the simulacrum so it would depossess the train however Reginald by this point was quite close to a gibbling yeah I knew I wasn't gonna be able to hang on with that thing gnawing at my mind much longer so I pretty much insisted someone else had to take it this time so I read the ritual and I became a nine foot tall lady possessed by a giant woman (laughs) um this, however, was fine, and Anya was fine, and thankfully Reginald survived the uninstallation process. But only because Anya stopped him from turning into a small puddle of goo. So, with this done, the train thankfully came to a shuddering halt, and we all vowed to never ride any trains ever again. We arrived in London, and uh, where we were met by cars that had been arranged by uh, my friends from the Fuel Society, and we headed all the way across into London which took some more time uh, arrived at the shop where we knew the remaining scrolls to be uh, but we did take British intelligence and the Order of Merlin with us this time and they helped a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah I got a promotion to the Order of Merlin on the spot Beddoes was unfortunately dead yes we found out that Beddoes had actually all along been already deaded and monster it. For shame. So it was him that started the fire, probably. Um, meanwhile, the agents had already searched and ransacked the place and found three scrolls, which was one more than we wanted. One of them turned out to be a trap. Which we did not blunder into. Yeah, we got rid of it. The other one turned out to be the missing scroll from the Sadefka set, and the last one, with some diffusing... Uh, turned out to be uh, the scroll of cleansing that we wanted and we needed to perform the ritual very quickly the Order of Merlin hurried us away to their secret headquarters where they uh, have a ritual chamber where we could perform the ritual and so we did and we all just barely made it through except old Yogi Mm. as the ritual went off um, Anya successfully managed to rid herself of simulacrumy stuff Scott did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I did, but <clears throat> as a result of the Banishment Act, it banished everything, including my my companion, and I went poof and was gone. Uh, Reginald did not survive this process quite so much. Yeah, I was reduced to to sanity. Which, considering the dice I was rolling to determine what sanity was lost, was an absolute blessing. But yeah, we also. Everyone that mattered survived this bit. <laughs> and uh, we all lived happily ever after, said Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> and we all had a fine time. The end. Word! spreads in across the continent over the next several days. There's been a rash of sudden deaths. Just regular people found dead in their beds. About fucking time. A lot of them, you slowly realise, were cultists. People who had dedicated their lives to the cult of the skinless. 
with the destruction of the Sedefke Simulacrum, everyone who's bound themselves to that dark power has died. Professor Smith is brought safely back to England. He <laughs> is restored. Arms and legs once more where they belong. He is shaken. He is somewhat slightly insane, but he's at home in his house that is being rebuilt. Um, recovering. He will probably never recover before the end of his life, but he is alive at least to live those last few years. Dr. Aaron Renard has a lovely memorial. <laughs> he He's dead. Banished by the destruction of the dark forces of the Sedefkes Simulacrum. The pure, holy light imbued in the ritual of cleansing banished all dark things. Miss Gartner is free to return to Germany. Or stay and help look after Reginald, who returns to the seat of power at Buckingham. I'm going to take a leave from my job and look after Reggie a bit. Aww. Um. Ruth goes on to be very rich. <laughs> she, the story she sells of that last madcap dash across Europe on the United Express. Two affairs. Jack's murder on the Jack's Orient murder to keep the story secret. The cr- murder of the Orient Express staff. The insane actions of Orient Express staff and their madcap dash across Paris after all the train drivers were murdered. It sells for millions. Your story is unbelievably awesome. Scott! You stay with Anya, continuing your archaeological studies with her. Unless you decide to return to the Dreamlands as a cat. Uh, I think I might go back to the Dreamlands. I've had enough archaeology for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Scott hangs around long enough to see that Reggie is on the road to recovery. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) sods off to the Dreamlands for some TLC in Ulfa where cats are worshipped as gods. He may pop back occasionally. And that is it. The horror on the Orient Express. We won. What about Zobel? Zobel is a story for another time. <laughs> He's still with Anya. His friends are around. Building and learning and growing and eating and growing and eating and so growing. Did, uh, did Stuart at least get a nice funeral? Stuart got an amazing funeral in Westminster Abbey. Reginald insisted. Damn right I did. As did Howard Wolsey. (laughs) Howard is happily living in the dreamlands with his lizard lover. And the less said about that, the better. (laughs) Uh, How long is it before I can go and talk to Nodens? Probably about a year of recovery before you even think about dreaming yourself to the dreamlands. And you still have that pocket watch. I do. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. That's a story for another time, I feel. Welcome to the end of Heart on the Iron Space. Yeah! And now, and now a round of applause for the GM. Hey. Ooh, 47 sanity loss, everyone.